Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's the Round the Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, Dudley Bradley, Corky Calhoun, Joey Devine, Zantanek, Tremaine Folks. Sean Keen, Ricky Sobers, TJ Leaf, Patreons, Tyler Fortney, thank you Tyler, Chi Chi, gracias Chi Chi, Eric Mollo, thank you Eric, special guest, Peter Moses, musical guest Crystal Gale, and now the temporary host of Brown Ball Rock, Joey Devine. Hi, it's me, Joey Devine, your temporary host of the Round Ball Rock podcast, and we are back with a brand new episode. I'm here. As always, for the second time this week, uh, oh, something we used to do a lot, but something we don't do very much now. Um, <laughs> Sean, do you remember when we used to think we this podcast was like competing with Zach Lowe and would like or like dunked on or whatever, and we'd do multiple episodes a week with breaking news and stuff. Yeah, and we're uh, like, we gotta, we gotta get, they gotta get our reaction to yeah. these extensions. Um, yeah, yeah, I remember that. We quickly learned, not very quickly, honestly. We learned though that people are actually here for us to talk about the sphere, not. Um, it's true. 
not yeah. how we feel about the uh, not to have an emergency podcast about Drew Eubanks uh, costing the Phoenix Suns a second round pick. Yeah, well, um, I mean, I do want to talk about that. Oh, we're going to talk about it. Uh, oh, we talk about it all the time on the podcast. Uh, we were talking about it before it happened. Um, but Sean, we're two days into the NBA season. How are you feeling so far? Um, I've been good. I've just, um, I've been watching the NBA in a weird way because I've just had assignments. So yesterday I was at a show in Marin writing on my phone, winners and losers of opening night. And, uh, but I was doing it while there was still like a quarter left in the Warriors game. Mm -hmm. So I was like messaging my editor saying right now, Steph Curry's a loser, but he might hit the game winning shot. And yeah. we're going to have to edit this real fast. Uh, I need a backup loser. By the way, do you want to know who the winners and losers were? Yeah, of course. The winners were Nikola Jokic, mm -hmm. Rivalries, and Devin Booker's toe. Mm -hmm. which he i guess was really bothering him we went on multiple podcasts and said he wasn't going to play and then he played yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and, which is uh, again why we don't do multiple podcasts a week with the news now <laughs> yeah yeah it was like it was like three hours before the game someone was like yeah he's gonna play and uh Woj was so mad that uh shams that that situation is getting really out of control by the way joey <laughs> Uh, not that it wasn't already, but uh, Sean Woj like went out of his way to talk about how how Bradley Beal's back wasn't that bad, and he was still maybe going to play because Shams had beaten him to the Bradley Beal's not going to play news, mm -hmm. which again doesn't. It, none of these things are like actually news. It's uh, I've said this before, but uh, the way the Woj and Shams have ruined the NBA draft, Joey. They've ruined the NBA draft. They've always they've also just ruined NBA fandom, frankly. They have they've ruined that a little bit because we used to have like writers who would write. I mean, there's still writers that write stories and things, but mm -hmm. now we have two of the worst they're terrible at writing, basically. Mm -hmm. Usually you go into journalism with like the love of putting together a word, a, a series mm -hmm. of words in like an aesthetically pleasing way. Thumbs is like making up words like he's an AI bot. He said that yeah. the Warriors and Clay Thompson were at a dead point in negotiations, like mm -hmm. not a phrase, not real words, dude. And so, uh, yeah, so the draft specifically, Joey, to me, it feels like you used to be able to watch it and like be surprised by picks and like just be able to watch a telecast. Now you have to be constantly refreshing Twitter to even understand what your friends are saying. But it's like watching a movie where someone is has not just spoiled the movie, but is constantly spoiling the movie every minute and a half by yeah. whispering what's about to happen in your ear. So it's like it's not well, now even it's, worth now watching it's not. on TV like. You are essentially Nicolas Cage in Next when you're watching yeah. the NBA draft on TV. <laughs> so you can um, kind of understand why the draft moved to like just interviewing people's families, but mm -hmm. but it's ESPN's fault too. Yeah. Like they they decided to make Woj a bigger deal than he is. And anyway, that so the the the, the embarrassing things that happened were um 
Woj trying to pretend like Bradley Beal was going to play so he wouldn't be scooped. Mm-hmm. And then uh, today they both had different accounts of uh, James Harden. Well, Whereas Woj is, I believe, in the Harden camp on this one. Mm-hmm. Is that right, Joey? Because he was like, yeah, he's just uh, getting in shape. The Sixers just uh, didn't want him to didn't want him to be too tired on this road trip. And Shams is like, they're finally putting the hammer down. Um, the thing I actually want to talk about in response uh-huh. to, I mean, not in response, in respect to this, yeah. is um, it was about two hours before how NBA fandom is ruined. It was about two hours before the first game tipped off. Lakers uh-huh. Nuggets. And uh, everyone on NBA Twitter was just talking about how the Knicks might trade for Joel Embiid a year from now. <laughs> yeah, like, um, <laughs> like, oh, you revealed the package they're going to offer. Yeah. Like, oh, well, I guess we I guess we know that's going to happen. Um. The other thing I want to talk about is it's really funny when you pay close attention to the teams like you're you're quote unquote close to the teams and then Woj and Shams uh, are like reporting on something because anyone who's like pays attention to the Warriors and the Clay Thompson negotiations anytime Clay Thompson talks to a beat writer he's like oh i'm not worried about my contract i'm gonna yeah. be here forever he's like uh, yeah Mike, i made a yeah. lot of money yeah michael thompson has already tweeted several times that clay's gonna stay a warrior no matter what the contract yeah. is well and but, it's also yeah yeah go ahead, but sorry. then shams and Woj, like every three days are just like leaking things directly from clay's agent like the warriors aren't gonna be able to sign clay thompson uh-huh. and like it's so strange Ugh, yeah man, because a- you're getting you're getting like information from clay thompson which again you wouldn't be hearing this if you're in another market you wouldn't be like hearing clay thompson speak every couple of days yeah, right um but it is funny because it was this big bombshell that the war that he was gonna free agency and Shams announced it and the thing is that it's um this was kind of always going to be the case because (laughs) the Warriors have like a limited window to spend in and that really depends on how high the salary cap is next year so it almost makes sense for neither side and anyway um yeah it's it's crazy and I will say this again I'm I, I read a book about this recently and uh it's because the computers that feed us news uh, like it when people argue. And mm-hmm. that is that is what has made Shams a millionaire is uh, just hot button. Um, I mean, not even hot button. It's not even like hot takes, but it's just like his career is based on the guy who um, invented the thing where you pull your phone down and the, you're, you drag your thumb on your screen and it, it refreshes. Yeah. That guy has made Shams $10 million. Um, Speaking of algorithms, hey, if any of our listeners work for YouTube and uh, somehow deal with the YouTube algorithm, can you please stop getting YouTube shorts to send it, showing me Neil deGrasse Tyson highlights on Theo Vaughn podcasts? That is entirely what it is. It's like I get if 
if you looked at my YouTube algorithm, Sean, uh-huh. you yeah. would think Bobby Lee on podcast appearances was the most popular thing in the world. Well, and something that you probably watched all the time. Yeah, uh, it's, I don't even know how. <laughs> Lately, it's been sending me 50 cent on various podcasts. <laughs> Like, just the worst podcast in the world. I'm not interested. I hit the button, not interested in this. I thumb it down. Uh I mean, I guess it was better now that I taught it not to send me Andrew Tate. But it's still, (laughs) it's Joe Rogan. It's Theo Vaughn. It's Bobby Lee and Andrew Santino. Constantly. I, you know what content I want from YouTube? I want Marvel Snap. I want Uh Apex Legends. Uh And I want guys, uh like people cooking food or people well, eating food in Japan specifically. That's, that's what about, all I want for my YouTube algorithm. What about people eating like really old uh, military I'm, rations? I'm, I haven't watched MRE Steve in a while, but I got to get back on the MRE <laughs> I didn't Steve know his chain. name was MRE Steve, yeah. I don't think. Um, yeah, I mean, Joey, that's almost worse than the usual YouTube user who is just like, two videos away from Jordan Peterson at any point, which means four videos away from an actual Nazi. Just being like, here's 37 minutes about why we need to take society back. Also, while we're on the like short content train, why are there so many videos of men in cars eating food? Have you noticed this, Sean? It's very weird. I don't, again, I don't watch a lot of YouTube. It's certainly getting worse, though, because <laughs> my main use of I just want embeddable NBA highlights. I need mm-hmm. that for my job. It's so hard to do on YouTube now. Like they I don't even understand what they're prioritizing at this point, because, well, you know what it is? It's that we're constantly they constantly just try to feed you the most popular team video. So I was looking for Donovan Mitchell hitting a game winning mm-hmm. three pointer. And then stealing the ball 20 seconds earlier. I got content about the Ben Simmons rookie of the year debate. Mm-hmm. Like there's also this who's really for that. There's also this really gross, and there's a lot of NBA ones. There's these really gross AI generated ones. Have you seen those yet? Where they're clearly yeah. AI generated, where it's especially like, in shorts. Yeah. Yeah, where it's like uh it's like one of those quote unquote heartwarming viral videos and like a robot voice is explaining to you like about how the dog hadn't seen the Marine in two years or whatever. It's uh. so upsetting. But I, this all came from TikTok. There's this trench on of like men sitting in their cars reviewing Chipotle or like five guys. I got this five guys burger. Is it worth seven ninety nine? And it's like, yeah. no. And also, why are you in your car? Why are you in your car? Like <laughs> it, it, it's it's just automatically like eating your car is something that you do out of like shame and sadness. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, sometimes you're, you know, on a road trip or something. But even then, like you don't really have to eat in the car. Yeah, that's where you drive. The food is going to fall in your lap (laughs) so that someone's like immortalizing that by filming it is so sad. That's like me making a cooking video, but I'm eating it over the sink. Well, I mean, that's funny, though. I like when they do that. (laughs) I mean, that would be Uh, that would be funny. But uh... also cooking, cooking (laughs) content creators, 
Stop wearing those black gloves, the ta black tattooing it. ones. I hate they it. don't make you look cooler or more masculine. Like you are lame. Also, also you're not, eating the food. Not like everything <laughs> needs to be not everything needs to be smoked. That's the other thing. It's like I'm firing up the Traeger to make this hot dog, and it's like, what are you doing? All right. Um also, I saw someone a video of somebody cooking in a dishwasher today, and I almost threw up. Also, I truly believe the country of Japan should outlaw selling Wagyu steak to these people. Yes. What yes. they're doing with it is upsetting. It's uh, gross, and it should be against the law. All right, um, Sean, uh, <laughs> let's talk about the... NBA in-season tournament commercial. Oh, but before we everybody do that, has got in-season yeah. fever down. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. But before we do that, we got to hear the drop. Of course, the All drop. Right. This is Round Ball Rock News. Basketball news. For humans and robots. Trust the process. Sean. There's a commercial for the NBA in-season tournament. Oh, yeah. People love. People, people love, love it. this commercial. I Can I get a spoiler? I don't. But go ahead. I just don't understand the conceit. And I would like to hear. Okay, first off, spoiler alert. It stars Michael Imperioli. We, we can just. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah. Which for those of you that don't know, he plays Christopher on uh the sopranos you also might know him from alex inc the failed television show about starting the gimlet podcast network wait did he who was he in that uh he was just like the the money man or something um oh, i don't okay. know he's um, also in the second season of the white lotus yeah he's also you might know him from yeah. goodfellas you might know him from summer of sam you might know him from uh this fool, our friend. This fool. This fool. A surprisingly large part in this fool. Yeah. But uh, it's cool. Reason, it's I like great. that he's friends <laughs> with our friends. I'll tell you that. No, much. it rules. Like I, I had Andy McDowell like an Instagram post of mine once for that reason. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um he was also Sensei Billy on The Office. If you're a basic B. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, you might know him from the American remake of Life on Mars. Wow. You might know it's, him. It's from... kind of cool and weird, but <laughs> I've never seen the original of Life on Mars. So, yeah. Um... You might know him as both Nick Falco, Detective Nick Falco, or Johnny Stivers from Law and Order. Um, you might know him. I, we can't do this where no, I just no, no, no. start reading. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, we, first off, we it's because we like Michael He's Imperioli. He's yeah. great. Wrote a lot of great Sopranos episodes as well. He uh, did play. Like the... Did you know he played Andrew Cuomo in Escape at Danamora? I gotta see Escape at Danamora. I guess. Yeah, uh, same. I was not interested until this moment. Until I realized I could see Michael Imperioli playing Andrew Cuomo. I wonder I if guess, he got I his guess nipples I always, for it. I kind of um, did always want to see. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, I guess I did kind of want to see Escape from Danamora. Um, ben Stiller was indirectly my boss for 15 minutes of my life. So, um, All right, great. But uh, 
I kind of got fired. Here's what I don't understand. Uh, we don't have. We can't. We don't have to talk. About yeah, yeah. That. Uh, you don't have to talk about you sort of getting fired from. Okay, but um, not okay, by but, Ben Stiller. We should make clear. I mean, um, maybe I don't know. Um, we <laughs> served out by contract. Okay, anyway. But it's uh, Michael Imperioli sitting at a uh, poker table in a mm-hmm. Vegas casino. Yeah. Uh, By the way, it's a commercial for the in-season tournament. Yes. Just to be, well, yeah. I want to get into that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. It's Ocean's Eleven themed, I would say. Yes. Yes. Yeah, makes for sure. it more confusing as to why Michael Imperioli is the only non-NBA player in it. The one. Yeah. It's uh, you can tell it's Ocean's Eleven because it has the the. I would say it has Soderbergh jazz. Yeah, it does. Would you say that's the music? Yeah, which is also like that look, which people now think of as the Vegas look, but like it's actually the Soderbergh. Uh, when yeah. Soderbergh has money, that's his look. Um, it kind of looks like Out of Sight, and Out of Sight is like the successor to. Um, this music is also the successor to Sonnenfeld jazz, mm-hmm. which you can hear in uh, all over Get Shorty. Mm-hmm. But that has a little more of the like, and this is more like. Sean, I want to tell you, yeah. I Googled just now because I wanted uh-huh. to see if I could get the text from this commercial. I'm very yeah. proud of you. I Googled just now Michael Imperioli NP- NBA commercial. And the uh-huh. second link was a Yard Barker uh, post written by you. <laughs> oh, about Michael Imperioli or just no, about, NBA? It's NBA. Watch NBA releases star-studded commercial to hype misguided in-season tournament by well, Sean Well, I am going to be cribbing from that article uh, <laughs> during this podcast because I, well, I mean, that article was inspired by me talking talking to you mm-hmm. and our friend Harrison, yeah, uh, Laker, Laker, Laker man Harrison. So yeah, my first question, yeah, is why is Michael Imperioli the star of the Ocean's Eleven themed? Well, let's. I, I think okay. let's describe the commercial okay, a little sure. bit more, but then let's get back to it. So, so he talks about how you're going to. He's got a. He's got like a job for you. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can get the the NBA Cup, and then and then we see some uh, a, a motley crew. It's like yeah. they're getting the crew together, but they're not actually getting together. First, you have Anthony Davis. Is sitting at a is sitting at a table and he looking his, his coolest. I will say he Anthony, does look cool. Anthony Davis. They all look cool, but they Anthony look cool. Davis looks cooler than he normally does. Uh, and he takes a three of clubs and he throws it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and they Michael Imperioli is talking about like the kind of guys you need. I'm not gonna even get into the descriptions. We're just gonna say mm-hmm. what happens. And then um, we see Demar Derozan uh, moving quickly through the tables. He heads mm-hmm. to an elevator. Wearing a jacket that is too large for him, by the way. I feel like he... they cut a shot of him stealing a jacket <laughs> to get into the casino. Do you know what I mean? Like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Jordan-esque, <laughs> yeah. uh, I would say. Uh, and he goes into an elevator, and there's Trey Young, and there's mm-hmm. a button. And they uh, fight. Yeah. Well, because there's, there's an elevator button with apparently the NBA Cup, a trophy no one has seen or mm-hmm. really heard Which of. Which looks too much like the, the Larry, uh, O'Brien, the Larry trophy. O'Brien trophy, I think. Uh-huh. I, like, because it, when I, the first two times I saw this, I was like, they redesigned the Larry O'Brien trophy? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. It's too close, it's for sure. really close, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they fight, and then Draymond Green's dressed as a security guard, mm-hmm. and he's pushing a cart, which is a direct... 
Ocean's Eleven thing, but instead mm -hmm. of a Chinese gymnast inside, uh, he has the Larry O'Brien trophy. Mm -hmm. Oh no, I guess he has the NBA Cup inside. Well, it's I actually it it's actually Jordan Poole is in there. He stuffed him in there when he bullied oh, him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, he's not even part of the team. He's yeah. just like he he made fun of Draymond's jumper. Uh -huh. uh, and then and then Kawhi Leonard is lurking in the kitchen mm -hmm. of this on hotel and he's on the phone. Like 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 he's in heat. Um, yeah. he's on a kitchen yeah, yeah. phone. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh and then Jerry's Garland is just sitting in a car. You forgot to mention him. Like, oh, yeah, Jerry's Garland sitting in a car. And, sitting in a car. He's the getaway driver. Yeah, Julius Randle kind of uh, dukes of hazard slides over like a well, like a craps table. Uh, uh, he doesn't, but uh, it's <laughs> it's of of a very well made commercial. I would say where they hide that the NBA players can't do anything because they might get hurt. Mm -hmm. It's the most they obvious stuntman cut, I would say, because they show a much smaller man leap over a craps table and then cut to Julius Randle like going like, Ooh, yeah, like he jumped <laughs> like he just finished jumping. It's like um, it is like a guy who's like five, seven. Too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, also. The shot of Draymond pushing that cart is like 12 seconds long. Yeah, it it's is really inexplicably. Long. He's not doing anything. Um, maybe he just had more time on the set. I don't know. Um, that's all the NBA players, right? Yes. And then they kind of set it up like it's a heist. And, and my, then Michael Imperial is like, you got to win it. Yeah. Which here's the thing. This commercial left me wanting more. Because I, if you're going to have Michael Imperioli talking about the in-season tournament, I yeah. want him to explain all the weird arcane rules. I want yeah. him to be like, the the teams are, set, are uh, split into four random divisions that are actually split based so there's a popular team in each one and they don't have to play each other. They play... Games on Tuesdays and Thursdays matter for the cup, but also for their record. Then, you know what I mean? Then they're seated. Then they're seated eight through one. Um, yeah, that's, yeah. I want like that. The, the, I want, the group winners move in, but also two wild cards. Yeah, I want. I want Michael Imperioli doing the Richard Jefferson video now. That's all I want. Oh, yeah. It's like. Yeah. The mumbling Christopher Moltisanti explaining these archaic, terrible rules. Yeah, with Malaprops to it. Yeah, there's an Elite Eight and they're going to go to V. I'm not no. doing Christopher Moltisanti <laughs> yeah. here at all. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I mean, actually, once they've had Imperioli do that, let's bring back like all the Sopranos, you know? Like, couldn't you? I'm positive that you could get. Wait, is Polly Walnut still alive? No, he died. No, unfortunately not. Uh, he passed, but Bobby Bacala. Yeah, Bobby Bacala and, is available there. He podcasts with uh, yeah, Moltisanti. So Steven Sharippa and the guy who played Big Pussy just sitting around uh -huh. being like, wait, wait, puss. Well, you're forgetting the best <laughs> one. you got to get Silvio Dante. Oh, just, just, just like you every time get... I think about this tournament, they pull me back in yeah. because I had more quality wins than four of the other second place mm -hmm. teams. Which, by the way, Sean, speaking of the Sopranos, <laughs> this is sort of off topic. Did you uh, see that amazing clip the, that was going around the other day where apparently Meadow and AJ have a podcast together? 
I heard I heard that, but I don't mm-hmm. I don't know what they do on the podcast. I all I saw was it was a clip where AJ was talking about how Top Gun 2 sucked and Meadow was like, it saved the movies. <laughs> and he was like, it's not a good movie. And they were exactly the same as they are on the show. I love it. I'm yeah. I'm like the world's biggest Robert Eiler defender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was I just great. remember hearing about how like what a bad actor he was. And then I, the second, the first time I rewatched the Sopranos, I'm like, this, this is no, a he's perfect, perfect performance. <laughs> like yeah. maybe he's not a good actor, but it is perfect. The, the wardrobe is perfect. No, the, uh, people think he's a bad actor. Cause they just hate teens. Yeah. He's like one of the most realistic teens <laughs> ever depicted. So good. Um, yeah, he's, anyway, he's, he's, okay. Okay. So this uh-huh. dumb commercial. Okay. Uh, okay. Your question was, it's an Ocean's Eleven commercial. Mm-hmm. Why is it not a cast member from Ocean's Eleven? You couldn't get Scott. Uh, what's his face? Scott Con. Uh, yeah, you couldn't get Scott Con to do it. He's too is busy. He, at, I in, think he's in Hawaii he making is, Hawaii Five yeah. O though, right? Uh, I mean, obvious for obvious reasons, you can't get Casey Affleck to do it. Obviously, you can't get Casey Affleck to do it. Um, um, but wouldn't Elliot think... Gould rule at this? Yeah, Elliot Gould would have been the right choice. You can't have Matt Damon because people made fun of him about crypto. that crypto commercial. Like, they're still making fun of him for it. Mm-hmm. And he made this sad statement about how his water charity was was yeah. out of money, and that's why he did it. And people are like, well, why did it have to be so terrible, too? And mm-hmm. so, yeah, he's still being made fun of. Uh, and then people got mad at him when uh, Crypto tanked. So he yeah. wouldn't do it. Aff- you can't- Affleck's already did an NBA thing. Oh, he's not in it. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, I, yeah, I, yeah. Just, I just, <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. Brad Pitt and George Clooney are far too good for this, I think. I'm I don't all- really... Go ahead. I actually think Pitt is more gettable than people think he is, so they don't ask him. But I think he's yeah, pretty but gettable. like the commercial, the commercials that Brad Pitt does are like commercials that air only in Japan and pay him ten million dollars. Mm-hmm. You, you know? know who you absolutely could have gotten to do this though? Andy Garcia. Oh yeah, Andy Garcia would have definitely done. It. But then, yeah. then he would have—he's the bad guy though. And I—I I will say. They can't. Don Cheadle is actually the obvious guy. Mm-hmm. But okay, so you give me your problem, and I'll give you my problem with that. Okay, he'd have to. He does the worst <laughs> accent in the world in that movie. It's a very annoying character in <laughs> in many respects. And like, it's a bad. Don Cheadle is a really good actor, but that accent in that movie <laughs> is just unforgivable. Remember when he says, "Remember when he says, we'll all be in Barney." Mm-hmm. Barney Rubble, Rubble, Trouble. I hate and it. He he would definitely do that in that commercial, uh-huh. where it would be like, "We got bad haircuts," and they're like, "What?" And he's like, <laughs> "Floby, Kobe, Kobe Bryant." I don't know. Um. Anyway, my my objection is that he already has a canonical place in the NBA universe mm-hmm. as Al G Rhythm, mm-hmm. the nemesis from Space Jam: A New Legacy. The uh, the box office bomb that lost uh, Warner Brothers about a hundred million dollars, mm-hmm. I think, Joey, and more than that in uh, brand value by having like the Baba Duke and the Matrix twins cheering for that inexplicable movie. So uh, they would, if he was in that commercial, they'd be like, "What are the? What's the NBA trying to steal? LeBron James's Twitter followers?" 
Isn't that the plot of the movie? <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, it's also and then they'd be like, yeah, I mean, and Bryce James is a nerd. That Bryce is a nerd. We talk yeah. about that later in this episode. Weirdly. Oh, oh, right. Um, yeah, you're right. Okay. Sean, did you know? I'm look. I'm sorry. I'm in like Ocean's Eleven world right now. Yeah, yeah. Do you know Don Cheadle is uncredited in Ocean's Eleven? Why? Because he wanted what? above the title billing, and they were like, you're not as famous as George Clooney, <laughs> Brad Pitt, and Matt Damon. And he said, fine, don't put or me in Julia. the credits as, at all. That's so weird, because he had he had just made Traffic, it, right? It's also like a, so weird, he returns for two more movies. Yeah, man, it's like, yeah, that was fine. <laughs> um, very I strange. mean, maybe he's like, and then, he, and then he makes it into the Marvel Universe because Terrence Howard is even crazier about yeah. that than him, and he's like, ah, oh, yeah, I learned a lesson on that. Uh, okay, back I mean, I'm Don Cheadle, it's fine. Yeah. Um, um, okay, so the other thing about this is... Uh-huh they they're really hyping up the vegas part that's that's like the nba loves vegas they're gonna have a mm-hmm. saudi sovereign wealth funded team well, called lebron, LeBron james, james is gonna so, own it don't yeah worry. but it's if the saudis are gonna pay for all of it but it'll be lebron james's team don't worry yeah don't worry about it uh mm-hmm. they'll own less than 50 percent of the team they'll but, uh, own the limit's five percent yeah. right now but yeah, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. anyway the nba has not been getting enough petro dollars especially since fracking dried up in oklahoma city mm-hmm. so r.i.p uh, aubrey mcclendon <laughs> r.i.p seattle supersonics uh but so the in-season tournament is just a cash grab it is it is designed to get like tv money it's designed to hype up the TV deal that uh, the NBA is very nervous about getting enough money for. Um, And the incentive they've come up with is just that the players get a shit ton of money for winning. You get 500 grand if you're on the team that wins the in-season tournament. So you understand why the players have motivation. What's missing is why the fans are supposed to care about. Well, it's because Tuesdays and Thursdays are the games that matter for the record, Sean. (laughs) And they're broken up into... Uh, four different divisions per conference. Um, uh, do those divisions make any sense? No, no. But it's because they couldn't have the Lakers and the Warriors in the same division for TV yes. rating purposes. So because they, uh, the league, their dream, Adam Silver's wet dream is to have them playing in the finals for this. Um. Yes, yes. And then they can get Amazon to pay an extra $2 billion mm-hmm. for it. But again, there's no reason for fans to care. And so it's just weird that the NBA made a big elaborate cash grab in Vegas and their commercial is an elaborate cash grab in Vegas. Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're trying to steal your money with this in-season tournament, basically. Don't get tricked. That's not a security guard. That's Draymond Green. He's coming to steal your money. Okay, Sean, here's my question for you. Mm -hmm. If you were going to do a movie-themed commercial for the NBA in-season tournament, what would you you pitch? Oh, I mean, obviously, it's got to be Smoke and Aces if you're trying to take somebody down in the casino. I mean, I was going to say it has a very Smoke and... This whole commercial actually has... It feels more Smoke smoke and Aces aces than... than Ocean's Eleven. But That's I why I couldn't have Common host it, because he's also in Smoke and Aces, Joey. I've got a better one for you. Are you ready? Okay. All I right. think, look, who's the biggest NBA fan? 
Jack Nicholson? It's Spike Lee. Oh, I mean, yeah, Jack yeah. Nicholson's okay. not really a, he's a non-entity now. You know what I mean? He's like, All who right, knows fair, what's fair up enough. with him? Um, he, I mean, he's old. That's what's up. Spike Lee had Spike Lee. You can keep the heist theme. You make it an inside man oh. themed commercial and you have Spike Lee direct it and you have Clive Owen locked yeah. in that bank vault explaining on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Their favorite teams play, and that's that's the record that counts for the cup. Also, uh, <laughs> you uh, you play in Vegas. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you've got Denzel Washington like, oh, 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 hey, 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 Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like just just doing the like uh, yeah. doing his laugh when when he's just like, yeah. Washington fans care about it. Like he does the Denzel laugh, and then mm-hmm. uh, this five hundred thousand dollars. You know. And then Jodie Foster's talking with her with her teeth closed mm-hmm. the whole time. And then you have uh, Isaiah Whitlock Jr. Uh-huh. show up, and he's like, <laughs> "This idea is shit." <laughs> um. All right. Um. Sean, we talked for so long about we that. We really commercial. did about it. yeah. Um. um well, there is one. Co- while we're talking about. Uh, NBA oh, yeah, commercials, yeah. though. Our friend CJ Toledano made the good ones with Drewski. Uh, yeah. Congrats to CJ Toledano and Aaron and all our friends at the follow through. Yeah, I haven't uh, seen I haven't company. seen the inside the NBA ones, but uh, the the outtakes are very good. And uh, the Jimmy Butler Drewski one is very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminds me of my favorite NBA comedy thing, which is Baron Davis's fake comeback documentary. Oh, that's so and, good. Um, which, if you haven't seen that, look that up. Because uh, I YouTube. think about it all the time. But but um, don't don't click on the ads for Cheeto Santino mm-hmm. on Joe Rogan. Just it, it'll put you down a hole. Uh, all right. Um, Sean. Remember last month when the Suns traded for a bunch of second round picks? Yeah, so it was... they could uh, trade for more people at the deadline. Yeah, so they they traded four first round picks and a pick swap for Kevin Durant, and then I think like four more pick swaps, and then like six second round picks to get Bradley Beal, mm-hmm. and then they basically big shorted their future draft picks. Mm-hmm. They traded, uh, so they gave they gave a they did this for a couple of teams, but Orlando specifically gets a a pick swap after the Wizards get a pick swap in twenty twenty six, and they got uh, three second round picks for that, so they could. Well, uh, I have well, that news. To get Sean. those picks, yeah. Uh, they well, the reason they got those picks is because uh, they're gonna need a better player than Drew Eubanks to trade yes. for at the deadline. Yes. Um, and they, but they the problem do, is, yeah, go ahead. They only have two second round picks now. You want to know why, Sean? Because they talked to Drew Eubanks too early, so the NBA took one away. Um, um, I did some research. Mm-hmm, sure. No one has ever been fined for tampering for a player that averaged six point six points a game <laughs> last year. Uh, that has not happened. Also, no one's ever tampered with someone who was about to sign a minimum contract, uh-huh. which is also what Drew Eubanks did. Maybe they were negotiating the player option he has on the second year. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So yeah, basically they got this second and they, and it's the newest one they took away too. So it's uh I think it's Denver's second round pick that Orlando somehow ended up with. Well, they but, got it in uh, the Gary Harris trade, I assume. Well, it's makes, not the Gary Harris trade. The Aaron Gordon the Aaron trade. Gordon yeah, yeah. Trade, but yeah. Nah, it's the Gary Harris trade. Yeah. Come on. Respect <laughs> for, for Orlando's respect sake, it's with the Denver Gary Harris legend. Trade. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> um but yeah, they um they uh look i call i could have called it the rj hampton trade but i didn't it's true. Um. <laughs> i like that too um he is and anyway the whole point was that you could trade drew eubanks and that pick for someone better than drew eubanks or just trade a pick for someone better than drew eubanks second round picks are weirdly valuable at the deadline now because they're people are willing to trade them it's just it's a very like settlers of Catan yeah. a board game I've never played before, by the way, but but where you're just like uh, a unit of wheat. Yeah, something that's that's what a second round pick is. It's yeah, um, it's it's a chit. Um, but yeah, anyway, Drew Eubanks, the worst player ever to draw. I'm going to say he's going to be the worst player ever to draw uh, a tampering. And line. meanwhile, you say that, Sean, but uh. He really made uh, the Golden State Warriors look small last night. Oh, wait, they are very small. And yeah. every center is going to make them look that way. All right. Um, He's not even really a center. Yeah. He's like 6'9". <laughs> okay. Um, uh, all right. Well, yeah. Giannis signed an extension. That's our other piece of news, which yep. which uh, uh, gives us a seamless transition into yeah. our division preview, the central division. But yeah, I... Yeah. Sean, is there anything you want to say about the Giannis extension? Just real quickly, uh, he was pending an extension, and he started to say like he might not stay, and then they immediately traded for Drew Holiday, mm-hmm. and then they traded Eric Eric Bledsoe for Drew Holiday. Yeah, and then this year he also was eligible for extension. He started sort of saying he might leave, and they traded Drew Holiday for Damian Lillard, and he mm-hmm. signed an extension. Joey, in three years. Who are they trading Damian Lillard for when Giannis signs yet another extension with the Bucks? This is a great question. Um, who is a sort of young point guard, but not mm-hmm. that young, um, but who's also good? I'm going to say it is De'Aaron Fox. Ooh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yep, um, that's perfect. Jalen Brunson think... also uh, on my radar a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. Could be. I mean, I, I could. Donovan Mitchell's like a little bit too good. Oh, he's gonna be on. Wait, no, it's Dejounte Murray. Never mind, it's Dejounte oh. Murray. Yeah, um, that's sadder, but probably correct. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, Sean. He might be better than I'm giving him credit for. I don't know. Who knows? Um, yeah, it's impossible to tell. <laughs> Sean, the Milwaukee Bucks last year went 58 yes. 24, good for 12th in offense, fourth in defense. Wait, actually, there is one more thing I want to say about the Giannis thing. Yeah, please. This is actually how like player empowerment should work. Team, you players should be forcing teams to bring players to them, not vice versa. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Anyway. Some, that's what Dwayne Wade did because he he has more heart than LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. It's actually no, the, no it's offense. It's actually because uh, Donnie Walsh wore a uh, 
wore a neck brace to the meeting with the like an oxygen mask. Yeah. Um, all right, kick to the curb, Sean. The Milwaukee Bucks said goodbye to Drew Holiday, Grayson Allen, Wes Matthews, Javon Carter, Goran Dragic, and Joe Ingles. But don't worry, they're bringing some people in. Their starting backcourt is going to be Damian Lillard and Malik Beasley. They also brought in campaign Robin Lopez, Ty Ty Washington, Marquise Bolden, Andre Jackson, and Chris Livingston. Sean, for our divisions, you're doing thing where you choose the outstanding Emmy comedy Emmy series winner. That's again, not the order of those words, but here we are. Sean, which Emmy winner for outstanding comedy series are the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, they're the Mary Tyler Moore show, Joey. Uh, Giannis is a wide-eyed young man who moved to a cold Midwestern city and can turn the world on with a smile. He can take a nothing offense and suddenly make it all seem worthwhile and efficient. Uh, can't you see him throwing his hat in the air as he crosses the Milwaukee street? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, they've added the Sue Ann Nevins of the NBA. That's Betty White's character, Damian Lillard. She stars in the happy homemaker. He makes positive raps. But behind the scenes, she's competitive and man hungry. And behind the scenes, he can't wait to run from the grind. Uh, Brooke Lopez is a kind of dopey Ted Baxter type. Uh, Drew Holiday is Rhoda because he left for his own spinoff. Uh, Chris Middleton is Murray because he's valuable but boring and secretly in love with Giannis. Uh, Bobby Portis is Luke Grant because he's tough. And Grayson Allen is Chuckles the Clown because he's dead to them. And when he trips someone, they fall on their foo-foo. Well, somebody 80 years old is going to really appreciate that joke. (laughs) Um, All right, Sean, my question for you. My first question. Dame Giannis seems like the dream offensive combo, right? Yes. Yeah, it's pretty ideal. How's the defense going to be, though? Not not great with one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, although, I have to say, um, I feel like they got, like, the best free backup guards possible. Yeah. Like, Titan Washington... I don't know if he's going to be good, but that's like about as good of a two-way guard as you're going to have. Mm-hmm. And then campaign is like the perfect backup guard. Yeah. Uh, and then Malik Beasley, I think on some teams is kind of limited, but on the, on the bucks, he just kind of like plays hard and shoots open threes. Yeah. If he doesn't, he's have not yips, really that which old. there were rumors that he has the yips though. Um, yeah, but he was he was shooting like thirty five percent. That's a Laker thing, dude. <laughs> Wait, did he have the yips in the preseason this year? I don't know. I wasn't. I haven't been paying attention. I, I think honest. it's. I think. I think this is just like the the like internet warping Laker effect, where mm-hmm. a guy came to their team for six weeks and shot like thirty four percent, and they're like, he's a bum. He can't do anything. <laughs> he doesn't have Mamba mentality. Yeah. Um. Sean, I mean, my I don't worry does, about but... the defense is let's talk about Brooke Lopez. He's one of my favorite players, obviously. Love I him. love Brooke. Brooke is uh, one of the great NBA personalities ever. He's very uh-huh. funny. <laughs> but I would say um, for the majority of his very long career, he was known as a bad defender. Yes. <laughs> Until 
Uh, Drew Holiday, who is maybe the best defender in the NBA, showed up and started just funneling people directly into him. Mm -hmm. Is that maybe... My question for this team is, are they... Is Brooke Lopez actually good at defense, or was Drew Holiday maybe making him look good on defense? Um... I mean, well, I and think, Giannis, of course. Well, that's like, the thing. Yeah. I think I think it's more like uh, Brook Lopez is in a unique situation because he's like a man out of time mm-hmm. a little bit. I mean, the shooting is not, but um, I think he. Okay, I trust. I don't trust my own like eye test with defense, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm sort of like uh, a proponent of the wide man in the middle, as long as they don't have to switch. Like I just remember watching uh, Bielisa with the Warriors mm-hmm. be like, you know, surprisingly good in the paint, mm-hmm. but like useless if you had to go out to the three point line. And so mm-hmm. I kind of feel like that's Brooke Lopez and why he kind of gets played off the court when there's a team like the Celtics who just, puts like Al Horford in the game at center, you know, um, Brooke, if you're listening to explain what Sean is talking about, you being a man out of time, he's basically saying you're uh, Disney presents a kid in King Arthur's court. That is exactly what I'm saying. You're you're the child wearing the baseball Mm -hmm. hat who went to uh, (laughs) went back in time. Um, But yeah, uh, I kind of think that him aside from injuries, him being kind of old, is it like he's a pretty decent guy to bet on, I think. Yeah. I'm just my that's favorite. my only question is like yeah. it's the defense to me as someone who watches Damian Lillard die on screens over and over and over yeah. again. Um uh he's gonna it have seems a, like you're a asking a... a lot out of Brook and Giannis uh to cover yeah. that. I mean I think I think you uh, to be honest, I think there's like a conversation with Damon Lillard where he he just has to get like a talking to from veteran coach, Adrian Griffin. (laughs) Well, and like he really, you could argue that for the last couple of years with Portland, he's, you know, been the entire offense. So you can, you can understand why he's resting a little bit on defense, but I just, there's like a certain amount you rest on defense. And then that's just how you play defense from now on. But He's in good shape. Like he, he should be able to chase guys around screens. He's I don't fast. Know. He was doing a lot of resting on defense during the fourth quarter of uh, uh, playoff games against Steph Curry in like uh, in like yeah. like seven years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. Anyway, I think this team might have the best offense in the league, though. Um. I think so too. Yeah. Uh, Sean... like... Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, Robin Lopez is back. Yes. Is this going to comfort Damian Lillard more than it annoys Brooke Lopez's cat? Ooh. Uh, I got to say that um, I don't remember what Brooke... Robin's cat's name is Sir Edward, I believe. Mm-hmm. I believe that's true. Um, uh, I think that cat is the aggressor in that relationship. Mm-hmm. By the way, uh, just just for the record, uh, he harasses Brooke Lopez's cat. No, Robin's cat. Oh, no. Sir Edward is Robin's dog. 
No, no, no. His dog is named Muppet. Oh, then. Well, Brooke, Brooke's cat is Poopo. Prince Edward Zephyr. Yeah, okay. It's Zephyr. Robinson's yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. So let me just, I don't want to slander just, either of these cats. Yeah, let me just, just read, uh, read Robin. Oh, here, I'll do it. I'll, I'm sorry. Uh, normally yeah, yeah, I play Brooke. Yeah. But I will play Robin here. Okay. Brooke's cat is very two faced. Everybody loves Brooke's cat. To everybody's face, he's such a nice cat. And it may sound like I'm joking, but I am dead serious. He acts like a lazy, sweet cat when everybody is looking. But when their heads turn, he'll try to chase after my cat, Prince Edward Zephyr. The second I lay eyes on him, he'll act like, I'm a cherub, I'm innocent. But I'm not buying it. Uh, That's what he told the New York Post when they both were in New York. (laughs) Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I think that um, Poupo um, is actually excited to have his his prey back. So it's mm-hmm. it's actually both. They're both happy. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's the cat's name is Poupine. Which, yeah, but it's it apparently yeah, yeah. it's pronounced Poupo because it but, means chubby. Well, it says it actually means doll-like in French, oh, according to the oh, Cambridge okay. Dictionary. <laughs> Those are such Stanford assholes. All right. Um, <laughs> Sean. Yeah. Um, marijuana is illegal in Wisconsin, both medically uh-huh. and recreationally. Is this going to help surprise, right? Beasley focus on learning the plays? Or um, is it going to send him further into a life of crime where he has no, to... No, it's good because... As we know, when he got caught with the weed, he had a lot of he had he it also had instructions on how to smoke the mm-hmm. weed. See, he I doesn't worry, have to read that anymore. See, I worry he's gonna get uh arrested for uh distributing pl- pamphlets on how to smoke weed. Well, that's not um, illegal. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, he. I mean, he's a troubled. He's a troubled young man. Um. <laughs> Sean, who's the funniest Wisconsin athlete that Malik Beasley could fight? Oh my God! Um, I, it's funny because all the guys I'm thinking of uh, actually signed with the New York Jets to play with Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. I'm like Randall Cobb. If he fought Randall Cobb, uh-huh. that would be hilarious. AJ Hawk. All these guys that aren't actually on the Packers anymore. So I think the funniest guy he could fight is. Um, let me just make sure he's still on the Brewers. Uh, do you know who? I'll answer oh. while you're coming up. Yeah, go, go ahead. It's sorry, Milwaukee sorry. Brewers manager Craig Council. That is oh. the funniest person he could fight. Uh, Joey, just look at what um, uh, Milwaukee Brewers first baseman Rowdy Telez. Oh, looks I know like. what he looks like. He's very, <laughs> That's my answer. Very wide. Rowdy Telez. Yeah. I almost call him Rowdy Gaines, uh, uh-huh. 1984 U.S. Olympic medalist. I mean, Rowdy um, Telez does look like a pro wrestler so yeah he really kind of acts like a pro wrestler too okay we got to move on sean over under 54 and a half uh under i just don't think they care about the regular season i'm taking the hard over i think i think we're getting a real try hard season out of damon uh Giannis here i love Um, it uh all right the Cavs, sean yes uh, last year they went 51 and 31, good for ninth in offense and first in defense. They got rid of Danny Green, Robin Lopez, Raul Neto, Chetty Osman, 
Lamar Stevens and Dylan Windler. Uh, but they're bringing in Max Struess, Georges Nyang, Tristan Thompson, Ty Jerome, Damian Jones, Amani Bates, and Craig Porter Jr. I'm sorry that was autocorrected to emoji. It does emoji say emoji on Bates our, yeah, on the sheet was... I'm looking at right now. Yeah. Um, Sean, which outstanding comedy series Emmy winner are the Cleveland Cavaliers? Uh, Joey, they're modern family. Sure, this is an unusual roster, but that's just what happens when your dad divorces the Cleveland Cavaliers twice. And by dad, I mean LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Uh, now there's a character who speaks Spanish with a crazy accent and a set of brothers. Mm-hmm. They're redefining family, just like Donovan Mitchell redefined the word rookie. It's a good one, Sean. I like that that one is... Uh... Happened in the last 20 years. Um, (laughs) So our listeners can understand the jokes. Um, Uh, We brought in our friend from the Air Buds podcast, Peter Moses. Cavs diehard to talk about the Cavs. Here he is with us in the past. Just like we're in King Arthur's Court, Brooke, in case you're listening. Um, Here we are talking to Peter. All right, we're here with our favorite bud. Don't tell Jamel. Don't tell Benner. Peter Moses (laughs) uh, from the Air Buds NBA podcast to talk about his beloved Cleveland Cavaliers. Peter, first off, how are you feeling going into this season? Kind of an odd one, it feels like, as a Cavs fan. It's great as a Cavs fan because everybody's counting us out this year. Um, because we got curb stomped by Jalen Brunson and mm-hmm. Mitchell Robinson. I'm not even going to say Julius Randle because his ankle was too hurt to curb stomp anybody. Um, yeah. But yeah, everyone's super down on us. You know, no big deal. Our projected win total last year was 55 wins. We had 51. Mm-hmm. Um, best defense in the league basically all year. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Nobody believes in us. Everyone's like, oh, you guys are like a five or a six seed and no one takes it seriously. Donovan Mitchell's going to leave. All of that might be true, but like, what if Evan Mobley is Chris Bosh? You know, yeah. Um, I'm well, pumped. The the like Donovan Mitchell's gonna leave thing is just like, I mean, how many years does he have left on his contract? Three. He's yeah. He can leave in the summer of twenty five. So next year, if he doesn't, uh, you know what Donovan Mitchell feels like. Um, Donovan Mitchell feels like. A relationship I had with a girl when I was studying abroad mm-hmm. where I was like, this is great. You're from here. I'm not. And we both know this is going to end. Yeah. But that doesn't stop us from, you know, having a good time and being young and dumb. And he's going to go home to New York or Miami or wherever the fuck. But in the meantime, if we can make a deep run with him that doesn't change our timeline that fucking Darius Garland who's I think probably better than him anyways is, yeah. uh, uh, you know they're still on the timeline for us to be like serious contenders in like four or five years and if this was a fun little fling in the middle of that while they're growing up then who the yeah. fuck cares <laughs> and I mean they'll probably if he wants to leave they'll also uh, get some stuff when that happens mm-hmm. yeah they'll get something I mean they'll get something it is funny coming on i was thinking about how long ago it was that our teams were bitter rivals Mm -hmm. um and how you guys haven't obviously fallen off as hard as we did losing lebron but Mm -hmm. um it's just wild how long ago that was like 2016 was yeah 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 Uh, uh, just years ago 
bitter rivals, the Cavaliers putting together some of the best teams in NBA history. Uh, and losing to the, like, yeah, certainly the, the best, best teams, teams like that have ever won I mean, championships. Yeah. <laughs> but also just how, what a total aberration that was historically that like, yeah, you know, the two of the three most popular teams in the NBA are the Golden State Warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers, and they're going to play in the finals every single season. Yeah. <laughs> like, you told them, like, that that never made sense at any point. I It's funny how, like, I feel like, uh, I don't know, like, we were, like, old school chums at, like, rival houses at some stupid prep school yeah. or something or other. And now we're back for, like, alumni weekend reminiscing about all the time yeah. we hated each other or whatnot. And the uh, Lakers uh, are the Slytherins in all yeah. these situations. Yeah. Yeah. We all hate the Lakers, for sure. Yeah. Um, so, Peter, my first question for you about this upcoming season is, did the Cavs let Chetty Osman go... Because if he was going to be there two more seasons, he would have passed Brad Doherty on their career games played list. Because <laughs> he's exactly, he's played 404 games as a Cavalier and Brad Doherty's at 548. Oh, um, the, only, the only thing you need to know about Chetty Osmond is that my mother, who watches the games um, lovingly around my dad and other family members, the only thing she would do when she would watch the games is go, oh, Chetty Osman. Oh, yeah. Just never happy with anything that he did. And like 75% of the time she was right. <laughs> and like he's the idea of they had like the idea of someone who should be a, a wing. And um, <laughs> he's going to do great in San Antonio. He's perfect for them because Popovich is just going to pummel him into submission or not play him. Um, well, yeah, but I think you're right. Protecting you Brad Doherty's yeah. <laughs> uh, games played is probably the most important thing for Kobe Altman. Well, on on a similar note, did they bring Tristan Thompson back in hopes that he would pass Danny Ferry's 723 <laughs> games played as a Cavalier? <laughs> I <laughs> Tristan Thompson's at 619. Danny Ferry's at 723. As funny as it is reminiscing about our teams playing each other for four years in a row, uh -huh. it feels fucking insane seeing Tristan Thompson in preseason games. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So is that is that them trying to do like a Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift thing and get Kardashians to come to Cleveland? Like is because I don't it feels so weird because he was just not playing basketball. He was on TV. And then he was playing basketball, but sort of not really on the Lakers. He was kind of like someone for LeBron to hang out with. Cause I don't, I don't really yeah. think he hangs out with Anthony Davis. I, I we definitely, really we definitely yeah. know he doesn't hang out with Anthony Davis. <laughs> I feel like all of Anthony Davis's friends play like D and D that's like, mm -hmm. and like, and like don't even know that he's a basketball player. I feel like that's <laughs> like his MO. I, to me, my hunch about Tristan though, is that, they watched Mitchell Robinson just absolutely body Evan and Jared in the playoffs. And they're like, who's going to teach him to be tough? And uh, their answer was the prettiest man in the world. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Maybe it works. I mean, he was the, listen, he was tough on their championship team. Like I, mm -hmm. I, if he's playing, we're all in trouble, but they have uh oh man, some big ass dude as well. Who's a backup center, but they had no, depth on their big men mm -hmm. last year so well if he yeah. gets a couple garbage minutes 
Fine. Yeah, there was there was no there wasn't a lot of uh, playoff time for Robin Lopez. I don't believe. I don't know if Robin Lopez is necessarily the enforcer. You Robin need. Lopez is better than Tristan Thompson, though. I'm going to defend Robin here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just he's not as much of a he's just not as much of a like enforcer though. Right. Tristan the only Thompson, person he wants Tristan to Thompson enforce starts is fights Brooke. from the yeah yeah. <laughs> Tristan Thompson starts fights from the bench. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Damian Jones, that's what I'm thinking. Damian uh, Jones, not an enforcer. We can tell no. you that actually. Uh, but um, you guys know him well. The other, like, I don't know. I mean, they Robin Lopez on all of the he was perfect fodder for like our regional sports Bally's channel. Mm-hmm. He was always saying something funny, and they were laughing with about him doing yeah. something, being silly, making fun of his brother. Mm-hmm. And then the Knicks series came around, and it was not funny anymore. <laughs> it was not funny anymore. It was like, yeah. boy, we sure wish he could contribute to this team in a meaningful way. But he he's unfortunately he's unfortunately working on a graphic novel right now. Uh, it's a he, manga, he's... Sean. It's a manga. <laughs> it's a manga. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> he literally feel, has a manga. I um... feel uncomfortable saying the word manga. That's the only. I know it is a manga, but it feels racist when I say it. That's all. It it, it feels racist hearing you say it. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers devoted a lot of resources this offseason to improving sure the small forward position. New contract for Karis Levert. Bringing in Max Struess, bringing in Georges Niang. Are you worried that Dean Wade's feelings are going to be hurt? Um, no, because nothing's going to hurt him more than his shoulder did last year. <laughs> Poor guy. I think you know he was an easy punching bag thanks to Zach Lowe and also just him getting on the court, but he clearly. Was a he was a huge part of the Cavs being fun and feisty the year they lost in the play into the Nets two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, he was super fun because they had Markinen and they were just crazy tall, and so he kind of fit into that Markinen. I can go down low, but also be enough of a threat outside on the offensive side to spread the floor. Mm-hmm. I think people are underestimating him this year, and if he is healthy and gives them seventy percent of what he gave them two years ago, he's going to do a lot to go kind of fill that void that they did not have. And yes, gorgeous Nyang is going to be fun. Um, Winning is player of the 2010s. I don't know if you know that about Georges Nyang. What? Yeah. <laughs> he has the highest winning percentage yeah. or something? Yeah. That's amazing. It's either highest winning percentage or most wins, but whatever. He's only played on teams that have won like over 50 games. We yeah. just kind of also needed some people who can potentially yell at Donovan Mitchell when he like has the heat check at a very pivotal like moment in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And like, they're all oh, totally. Yeah. The whole thing about the Cavs, uh, uh, like off season and their preseason and media days, we decided that offense should be more motion. It's like, Oh, oh cool. Great. But like, that's all well and good. <laughs> if you're going to pass the ball and, you know, be like you guys and do the Harlem Globetrotter, uh, weave. But, Donovan Mitchell's a fucking ball stopper. Like he gets hot, he does his little spin and kind of like bank shot stuff, and sometimes it goes in, and then he thinks he needs to hit a 32 footer. So my <laughs> hope is that Struess and Yang are people who can kind of bring another level of just kind of credibility to the team. Mm-hmm. And I think Tristan plays that role too. Um, where I think I uh, um I like those additions because 
people kind of poo-poo them, but they're exactly what the Cavs need um, to get past the first round this year. And I think them getting past the first round this year is absolutely the goal. Anything else is a disaster, and anything more is house money. Um, Here's what I worry about, though. Are you... What I personally worry about, are you also worried about uh, getting grifted by a Miami Heat player who somehow uh, becomes a pumpkin outside um, of Heat yeah. culture? Yes, but I think what you're comparing him to is what he would do on another team. And what he has to do with, on this team is just be better than Isaac Okoro in the corner. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So the bar is really low for him to just be enough on defense that it's not an absolute train wreck. And I think the one thing that JB is good at that might prevent him from getting fired next year is finding lineups that kind of work well together for regular season. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see how he utilizes Nyang and Struess and Garland and like Mitchell. Like two of those guys should be like Garland and Mitchell – and Yang and Struess, two of them should always be playing together, but neither right. of them should be playing at the same time. You need one white dude and one black dude from those four. Yeah, yeah, that's... <laughs> it, it feels like that's like... Um, the, the, it's the weird thing about Mitchell, who was really good last year. Like, wasn't he first-team All-NBA, maybe? Watched him score 71 points. It was the craziest fucking thing I've yeah. ever seen in my entire life. But you, But you kind of have, like... It's not always great when Mobley and Allen play together, even though they're both awesome. And kind of the same thing with Garland and uh, Mitchell, which is sort of um, not really a problem in the regular season mm-hmm. as much. Like, because you can just shift them and like, great, you don't have to play Donovan Mitchell as many crazy minutes, you know. I mean, maybe you do with him, but um, like, it seems like, it's not that bad to give uh, Jared Allen a little bit of a break, you know? Mm-hmm. It's Jared just Allen, weirder in the playoffs. Yeah. Jared Allen and Donovan Mitchell, I don't think are long-term people for this team. I, I just, like, I don't think it's, you're, like, if we're having this conversation in five years, we're definitely talking about Garland and Mobley on like their max mm-hmm. the second max contracts with the Cavs is the hope. And their so... third player will be Bronny James. Um... <laughs> or who's the, the younger one is better, right? Bryce. Supposedly, yeah. yeah. Well, right. and his artwork, so that also helps. Oh, no, I think it's... Uh, Bronny's heart is fine, Sean. Is it okay? Right. The... Yeah, yeah, he's fine. Okay. Uh, I don't I don't know. I'm scary. not a dog. I'm not Brian yeah. Windhorst. <laughs> Isn't it funny that like they made an entire Space Jam movie about what a nerd Bryce is? Yeah. And then he's gonna be like an actual first round pick. Um Okay, I looked yeah, how it do you up, think guys. he felt about that Space Jam thing, <laughs> where he was like, uh, I kind of like video games, but I wouldn't make one this dumb. <laughs> uh, I also looked it up. The team with the worst record Georges Nyang has ever been on uh, was the his rookie year, the 2016-17 Indiana Pacers, which went 42-40. and 40. Wow. After that... you know. At the second was the 1718 Jazz who won 48 games. Everyone else has reason- won 50 yeah. games. <laughs> it's one of the reasons I like he's a little bit of a Donovan whisperer too, because they've played together, they've gone oh, out yeah. in the playoffs together. I like that. I think Donovan's gonna respect him if he's shouting at him mm-hmm. in like uh, you know, Oklahoma City in February for doing something stupid. But 
I think it's also why I'm down on the Sixers because he was kind of a low-key person who Doc would just throw in there and would eat minutes, have a rational confidence, hit, hits like three threes. Um, that's yeah, why you're down on the Sixers? Yeah, no, that's the only reason I'm yeah. down on the Sixers. <laughs> Everything else in the Sixers seems like it's going great. Uh-huh. Every time we podcast, I just am tempting Mike to walk into traffic. Um, and it really doesn't take much. I'm just like, yeah. you see the news today? Yeah. Yeah, is he, is he in Houston? Did he disappear? What happened? Did you do you guys you guys hear Terrence Mann is going to be a starter for the Clippers? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Uh, I do like that the Cavaliers um, have like a small backcourt, and then everyone else is big. Like uh, except for Isaac Okoro, who needs to be about two inches taller and fifty pounds heavier for. Well- how An- his another person, game goes. <laughs> another person who you guys know well is Ricky Rubio. I don't know if he's, I guess he's depressed or yeah. watched enough could of his you, own highlights. Or he could like, you, kind yeah. of was like, I gotta, <laughs> gotta get it together uh, here. <laughs> so he's just gone. He's just sad. And I love supporting mental health and I hope he's mentally healthy or. Could you tell him to change his face and be happy? That would yeah. be good. I just, I'm like, Ricky, can you smile more? I think yeah. that would be that would be better. Um, hike your skirt up and smile more, Ricky. Um, I they have a problem at the point guard position a little bit, which is why I think Donovan and Garland are not going to play as much together because I think Donovan's going to play a little bit more true point guard. Mm-hmm. But they have Ty Jerome. Uh, the Ty Jerome guy was with the really name. good for. Well, you know, he was really good in a game against the Cavs. Yeah. Actually, uh, last Ty Jerome year. was pretty was really pretty good for the Warriors last year. Actually, um, I'm well, I'm excited you guys to hear you guys say that because I think him and actually where Okoro could fit in at all is if he could get some on second and third team reps of finding a way to pass to people. That's kind of his only path forward on this team. Yeah, well, Tanjerome is a good passer, and he's fairly tall. He is like a historically bad combine athlete, where um, his his numbers, it's like him and Grant Williams are the legends of, like, he has the vertical leap of, like, a 280-pound seven-footer. Um, but he is a really good shooter. Like, like I know it kind of has come and gone on his NBA career, but uh, he's he's a very good shooter. So, you know, I mean, he's not overall that – but the, it's nice that the Cavs have a lot of guys that are good at one – like, really good at one or two things. And that's like – the the Okoro thing is kind of like – feels very disappointing because he was such a high pick, but – at least he's really good at defense. He's good at defense, and I don't know where he's going to fit in. I think him I, and Dean Waiter in a similar place where it's like you got to figure out where your spot is in this new world order for this team. I yeah, really like, thought Isaac Okoro was going to be like Andre Iguodala too, and then I saw him in Summer League, and I was like, he's not tall enough. Um, he's not tall enough. He's not tall enough to be like a three, even yeah. if he can't. Like, if he was three inches taller, you could put up with him not being able to do anything on the offensive end. Yeah, yeah and he's, he's just your backup four or something. Or Yeah, yeah, exactly. He well, could be he's Josh Okogi. He's not even Josh Okogi yes. is the problem. Like, I thought he was uh, a more insane athlete than he is, too. He's just, he's really, 
he plays very hard, but he's not like a super jumper and that kind of overwhelming athleticism guy, you know? It is a, listen, it's a bust of a pick for sure. But I do think, um, you know, they've hit on enough where. Yeah, they, they got could, Darius you know, Garland. Like, yeah. It's yeah, like if you get yeah. Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, and you're like, an Evan <laughs> Girl. it's like, what do yeah. you, okay. That's about how well you're usually going to do. Yeah. 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 If not worse. That's better. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. That like, way better. Actually. Yeah, that's two all-stars. <laughs> like. Yeah. I, so I'm. And Isaac uh, Okoro is not like a total bust. He's just yeah. got drafted too high. You know? Yeah. He just got drafted. Yeah. You're right. He just got drafted too high. There's, still, there's a place for him in the league. He's also just still so fucking young. too. Yeah. That's the yeah. other thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So this is. He's 22 Taking, years old. He's 22 years old. Really ridiculous. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, it's it's like, it's not like he has to be that much better to be useful, too. It just like. Totally. I, I kind of, I'm kind of high on those NBA players who are uh, really bad at one thing. And if they just become a little bit bad at it, they're, they become useful again. So I'm kind of into that element of like, couldn't he just do one of those weird flashing light tennis ball dribbling drills for two months or something like that. I don't know, but he's still, he's still 22. Yeah. Yeah. He's two years younger than Todd Gibson was his rookie season. So, you know, in a, in a way, I think the Cavs are kind of doing a quieter version of what the Warriors got caught doing last year, which is splitting two generations. Of oh talent. yeah. But when you guys do it, it's the first generation is probably the most winning dynasty of the last 20 years. So it's mm-hmm. a little more noticeable. And why I think the Mitchell thing is a bit of a stretch or I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be sad if they could go back in time and they didn't do it. But I think Yang and Struess are great to maximize the moment we have now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if I, like the real sickos, like I'm excited about Imani Bates, like, you know, and he's 12 years old. So to yeah, me, yeah. it's the time, like the second timeline, which is like, all right, great. Let's do this again in like 2026 and see where the Cavs stack up in the East. Yeah. Here, well, here's he's where I worry eight, about Imani for... Bates. Imani Bates has the name and game of like uh a, a a real hooper tweet you know what i mean like that's Uh-oh. uh like he's like uh it it feels like real cam reddish sicko territory where it's like why does this guy have so many fans <laughs> well i mean he re- he really was like the second best high school prospect or something oh, like that oh i know but but oh. no, I can definitely hear. I can definitely see the Netflix documentary, the rise and fall of Imani right. Bates, and it's the, the, it's, the it's like style. yeah, it's yeah. forty five minutes of documentary, but somehow it's three hours. But yeah, yeah, his first summer league game, he shot like zero for eighteen and had no. He didn't pass the ball once, I think. Um, <laughs> right, and he's literally ten. I I I looked it up to confirm when I saw him at summer league. I'm like, I didn't realize he was that big. He's also, but like since he this first shitty summer league game, he's kind of been a bucket in every yeah. game since. Yeah. Well, and and, and he's so, a two way guy. It's like it's perfect. You know, it's, it's amazing. Just, yeah, he can uh, just go to Canton and hang out with the Charge for a little while. Right, is it still the Canton Charge? Not even, no, now they're the Cleveland Charge, and they oh, play at oh. the Cleveland State Arena, like twenty minute walk from oh. whatever the. Place that's kind of that's kind of better. The Santa Cruz Warriors, I believe, are I don't know how successful they are for attendance, but it's surprisingly it's a little further from San Francisco than you'd want. Uh, you have to go over a mountain 
to get there. So it's, it's yeah, like not 45 ideal. minutes. It's fine. Um, no, it's longer what, what than the 45 center? minutes. Do you like the Chase Center? Is it? Uh, I mean, it's a nice I building, but I just. Oh, you haven't been. No, I have um, saving up your nickels, Joey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I went to. I guess I've gone a fair amount now. The first time I went, the the upper deck is extremely steep. Like, uh, so I went with my dad, and we saw a, a really fun. It was the year the Warriors lost in the plan, and so it was just like a no defense on either side. Trey Young, Steph Curry battle that was great. James but I was so good though. Uh, from that from that height yes um but i was i was like legitimately worried about my father's safety uh climbing up there and uh i i also saw lizzo at the chase center um, oh and uh there was like a really it, it was kind of great because at one point um i went to get a glass of rosé for my fiance because you're at lizzo and that's you have because i'm at lizzo uh, it, it's yeah. it's like I was in the like 2% of um, heterosexual men in the crowd. Basically it was like lots of boyfriends, lots of theater. Um, and so I was looking for where to get a glass of rosé and a guy in a closed, like they just closed the fried chicken sandwich place. Like right when the concert started, they were just like, this is not the crowd for that. And I asked a guy like, can I get rosé? And he goes, you know what? Don't don't worry about it. He just like walked behind this this locked uh, kiosk and just handed me two cans of rosé. It's a classy move to bring uh, to your lady. And uh, I tried to pay him, and he was like, "No, nah, man, this is a big night for tough night for you." <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, I saw someone uh, a like intoxicated teenager almost take a tumble down those stairs at Lizzo too. Uh, they also, Scary. Sean, I just, the results are in of your DNA test and you are uh -huh. 100% a canceled uh, dancing uh, <laughs> oh, coordinator. No. Damn it. <laughs> Sorry, dude. I body shamed myself. I do that every day, honestly. <laughs> the show was great, though, I gotta say. It was, it was very delightful. Um, um, I don't know why I talked about Lizzo so long. I'm sorry, Peter. <laughs> Sean, okay. Peter, uh, I'm sorry, Peter. Sean has the rest of the questions he has for you are all about Dan Gilbert's son. So buckle in here. Ooh, are which you? One? Yeah. Well, okay. The art so one, the art one. <laughs> yeah, and I, we're not an RIP Nick Gilbert, obviously. Yeah. Dan Gilbert you. does have like three daughters, and they're not really ever mentioned in the succession line for the team mm -hmm. it seems like it is grant gilbert uh the 25 year old art enthusiast uh who is the future heir mm -hmm. um do you know much about grant gilbert peter i don't know much about him well one thing you're I do about know to about, learn a lot <laughs> one, one thing i do know about grant gilbert um is he is the reason why the chase down guys um he brought the Chase Down podcast into the Cavs ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, so I, you know, I I know we're about to go down a rabbit hole that uh is going to be interesting. Um, mm -hmm. but I always thought that was pretty cool that like uh Dan let his kid like find probably like the two best friendly Canadian spokespeople possible for your team, mm -hmm. and to like bring them in house was 
just like such a smart fucking cool thing to do. Um, and so I respect him for that. But no, now let's learn about We've him. actually said before that we are pro Grant Gilbert on this show. It's uh, right. I mean, he's, you know, a rich kid. He's a rich kid, but he likes he's using Cavs money sort of to make to fund street art. It seems like mainly <laughs> um, Sean, why don't you explain to Peter Moses what auditorium is? Well, oh and, and I will say I'm not entirely sure what auditorium is. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, it's it's Grant Gilbert's company. It is Detroit based, uh, mm -hmm. like the Cavaliers themselves. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, it seems like it's kind of an art collective. It reminds me of like a post vice magazine so they have yeah it's like had, ad busters oh and it's it's auditorium with an e instead yeah. of an i so i don't a u d e t o r i u m uh, and you and, can yeah you can tell it's cool because when you go to the magazine page there's only two issues of the magazine mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> and they only show you volume two like if you missed volume one you can't get it you can't get it and uh, volume two is called detroit skate and all of their all of their uh clothing which if you go to collections you can see their clothing all of uh -huh. that has to do with roller skating in detroit so uh -huh. there's a T-shirt you can buy that says roller skating is the second best thing on four wheels to ever happen to Detroit. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, it also looks it also looks like it looks like a cool magazine, but also like one that I don't understand how it would ever make money if yeah. it weren't yeah, a billionaire son. Before yeah. we get too far. Um, no version of roller skating has only four wheels. Mm -hmm. You <laughs> either have six wheels because you're on roller skates and it's three and three mm -hmm. or you have four on each leg mm -hmm. so it's eight right it's eight, so, yeah so i just want to just want to make sure there i you know i done a quick google as soon as you said auditorium the mm -hmm. first thing that came up was said um he's in the process of launching it a brand new a new brand labeling itself as a multimedia company doing storytelling of people mm -hmm. i'm like yeah. this is yeah it's like a real gen z kind of thing yeah their their uh -huh. interview series is called pathways uh, uh okay. I, it's not really totally clear uh what that is and then uh they have a lot of stuff about architecture which kind of seems to mainly be about like graffiti on architecture mm -hmm. from what i saw and then um but yeah it's like it's 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 still like you'd kind of want to see that from like like for all the things that a fail son could do um yeah i would kind of like that it, he's writing about art parties and weird local detroit food but uh yeah well, like, he, he brings in it's just um it, it i would be i would be more confident as a cavaliers fan because it seems like he's not really that interested in basketball not that he's like cheap or neglectful but like mm -hmm. He's maybe not going to bother anybody. Well, he, he did a, really... he very specifically when his dad, it felt like was going to die and was in the hospital and he was running mm -hmm. the calves. Very close the, to death. The it main was very thing, succession like it was yeah, like the main thing he did was hire 
uh, artist, architect, and architect and filmmaker Daniel Arsham to be known as the Cleveland Cavaliers creative director. Yeah. <laughs> the quote, according to Auditorium, quote, the first partnership of its kind in professional sports. Yeah. So uh, you're going to get uh, yeah. you're going to get some art in your with your basketball when he takes over um i feel uh, like this is a much yeah. safer bet than like a jd in the straight shots mm-hmm. in oh yeah yeah and uh he like he just played so i guess i guess his dad wanted him to play d3 basketball because he played in high school and was pretty good but he's he's like 511 mm-hmm. and uh then he just went to michigan state and studied psychology and accounting instead Um, and it was like i don't need to play division three uh basketball i'm not really that good at basketball um also i would like to correct uh what i said before uh grant gilbert has two little brothers Mm -hmm. uh who are named aj and nash and then a little sister named gracie so none of those children are very old um i will say it's troubling when you're on the auditorium website when you hit the banner for pathways not pathways uh, sorry it's the other one it's uh when you hit the banner for um wow it just disappeared they just updated their website uh it would say 404 <laughs> not found i swear to god oh yeah, yeah, went yeah, to yeah events it said 404 not found no it did it did, it did like an hour ago <laughs> <laughs> they literally uh, just updated their website an hour ago yeah so he's um, got them working on the weekend it's sunday um <laughs> get ready you know to that... get 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 ready to work on the weekend colby altman um <laughs> Which might keep well, you from having another yeah. DUI, so that's <laughs> yeah. good. Um. Now I have I have two just just sort of Cleveland ass satellite Detroit. Do they serve? Do you know if they serve Detroit style pizza at the arena? I don't think so. Okay. No, they but sell Cleveland they... style pizza, which is uh uh just on a crack saltine cracker or something <laughs> it's cooked over a flaming no, just river like, um, just like wish it wish it was new york i feel like like half of cleveland the, the west side of cleveland is like indiana and mm-hmm. the east side of cleveland which is it was like um westchester county yeah. yeah it's a very weird dynamic cleveland is surprisingly not far from new york city too like an hour and a half hour-ish flight it's, yeah. Pretty, yeah. it's not too bad yeah, I remember there was there was a comedian from Cleveland who was effectively living in New York and just crashing on couches, but like maintaining an absolute resonance in Cleveland that entire time. Uh, Good for them. Yeah, yeah. it seems exhausting. Uh, I also it remember there was crazy. a comedian. There was a comedian from Cleveland who paid for everyone's lunches and dinners during the writers' strikes. We love you, Drew Carey. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, Listen, I'm gonna Joey. That price isn't gonna write itself, yeah. right? <laughs> um, I also wonder if, because of his commitment to the city of Detroit, could Dan Gilbert potentially hire Tim Robinson and/or Sam Richardson, or are they Pistons only? Do you think? I think they're Lions exclusive right now. Oh yeah, the Lions are <laughs> yeah, <been> really. <laughs> um, I, I I'm like debating if like my wife would get into Detroiters. I feel like she would. We've watched like enough episodes of I think you should leave. Where I'm like, uh-huh. no, she would like, like it. It's, it's is is so uh, 
positive too. To me, I actually think um, Detroiters is more girlfriend friendly than I think you should leave. Well, the thing it has about, I think like, you can so much like, heart to it. Um, <laughs> and like, I think you can leave. It's like you have I, with her. I'm like, all right, we have one and a half episodes. Of this. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, this is <laughs> all right. Let's put on 30 Rock. Like, let's yeah. just like do uh-huh. something that feels, you know. Not so existentially like, threatening. Uh, it's like uh, psychotic Parks and Rec. So I think it's good. Um, and I mean <laughs> that wait, as wait, wait, a wait. positive. It's better no, than Parks I, and Rec. I, that's but a yeah. great review. Because yeah. um, it really has like a heart to it um, in a kind of beautiful way. Um, all right, Sean. Listen, my, my teams are owned by people who are love really art. clearly who love art <laughs> and also clearly wish they own teams in other states. Yeah. Dan Gilbert yeah. in Detroit, the Haslam's in Tennessee. Oh yeah. Okay. Um who own the Bucks now, by the way. Um so I appreciate them at least being in the relative same geographical <laughs> area. Yeah. Um and I think also because the Browns were ripped away from the city in such a cruel way. The teams are safe from ever, yeah, you know, yeah. going anywhere. Um, and listen, Dan Gilbert, Comic Sans and all, brought this city a championship that they had never done before. Mm-hmm. And even if that was just shutting the fuck up while LeBron did anything he wanted, for a billionaire, I bet that took a lot of <laughs> patience and courage. So yeah. God bless him. Um, uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, two more and then then we'll let you go here. Um, speaking of weird owners uh, in Detroit... Uh, is there? Do you think there's a way? It, is it strange, first of all, that um, the Cavaliers are now in a blood feud with the Phoenix Suns only because of very obscure mortgage-related yeah. uh, rivalries? Yeah. And is there a way that Cleveland can ex- the Cavs can exploit that if Dan because it seems like Matt Ishbia hates Dan Gilbert more than Dan Gilbert hates Matt Ishbia. Mm-hmm. Um, it does feel like a little bit of like Matt Ishbia wanting. It feels like a little bit like a Shams and a Woj situation. Yeah, right. Or oh yeah, like, yeah. Like the Shams of this situation. Uh-huh. Um, but I also feel like I feel like in Game of Thrones in the early years they would talk a lot about this. How like these people would be called to war for just like silly bullshit, mm-hmm. and you'd just be like sent to go die because like someone said something weird to somebody's cousin, and like now yeah. you're fighting to the death and getting burned alive by dragons. That's uh-huh. kind of what it feels like of this proxy war with the Phoenix Suns. Like, I don't give a shit, but I know that I will suffer and my people will suffer <laughs> because of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dan Gilbert's going to call his banners and suddenly, like, wait, why is Evan Mobley a son? Like, yeah. Or, like, uh-huh. or actually, it would be more oblique than that. It would be like he goes to the Clippers because it would thwart. Anyway, um, yeah. I would say I feel like- <laughs> the closest way is I'm going to go with a different uh, prestige television show. To me, it feels like Matt Ishbia is Ginsburg and uh, uh, Dan Gilbert is Don Draper saying, I don't <laughs> think about you at all when Matt Ishbia is like, I feel bad for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, depending but- on how the next two years go with the Suns, I feel like. Ishbia could be being like pulled out unrestrained on a stretcher from yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Arena or whatever. That Ishbia is. really does have big Ginsburg energy. Um. <laughs> uh, I mean, they, it's wild. That team is. That team could win fifty-five games, or they're 42. screwed for the next six yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For, for a really long time, they could be. 
Um, okay, one one more final question. He's done a good job uh, with this team, but do you think JB Bickerstaff would be more comfortable if his official title was still interim head coach? Same contract, same everything else, but he's the interim coach. <laughs> Man, he does have like the best substitute teacher vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, who then, when he becomes your teacher, everything starts to kind of like peel away, and you're like, yeah. "Oh no!" What is it? It's like, "Oh, this guy's hung over all the time." <laughs> like, "Oh, we're watching that movie again." He's okay. showing us stand and deliver again. That, was the, that is like that is the California movie uh, for all subs because it applies to both math class, Spanish class. And just like English at the same like, time. It's like, incredible. Right, I watched I, that movie in class so much. Like, all right, uh, Professor, it's history time, but we're going to watch Lorenzo's Oil one yeah, more time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> For some reason, uh, I had a year where three classes showed the Milagro Beanfield War. Um, <laughs> I Listen, to, uh, I like J.B. Bickerstaff. I think he's a good coach who got outdueled by Thibodeau, who's a great coach. Mm. Thibodeau's a great coach. You yeah. Can, okay, listen, okay. You can, we can, there's jokes we're about pro, him. We're pro Tibbs here. I, maybe his methods are not great, but like he's someone who's like you know, like kid, like he's like a he's like a basketball monk. He's like devoted his life to being like I'm gonna find the mismatch in this round one series. And exploit um, Bickerstaff and his team, and that's what they did. I mean, is he the coach that's going to get you the promised land? Probably not. But I would go back to kind of my earlier thought of like, we're four years away from that being serious. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like, I like you know, if we text in six months and I'm pissed as hell that the Cavs are the fight, like the five seed, and I'm like fire him and all this stuff. Like, I'm just we'll go back and listen to this just to remind myself that like he. He's on the like they're just not close yet. I know they're fun. I know they they might be the fucking three seed. And honestly, I'm not even like that convinced that Boston. I think I think there's a really great case to be made that both Boston and Milwaukee kind of could suck, both of them in certain ways. I understand like freak time is cool and the Celtics are still just full of wings, but. Um, I don't know. I feel like the biggest story is like for the last couple of years, Jamel, Mike, and I would talk about how the East is so much better than the West. And now we're back to our youth. So we're just like, I think there's probably five teams in the West. You can make an argument who are better than any team in the East. So, uh, to, so I don't really care if they fire him or not. He's kind of whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, I sort of feel bad because you look back and you realize he's 44 and that's it. As as most, like he's kind of ageless. Wow. Yeah. He. I mean, yeah. I thought he was young. I thought he was older. But then you're like, oh, he got a job when he was like 38. But he got the like the Grizzlies job right after the wave crested. You know, yeah. and it's it's good that he got to stay somewhere because I just think, especially if you're a young black coach, you sometimes get like bad opportunities and then those become your resume right i was gonna say jb bickerstaff and steven silas are both like uh they were uh helped by nepotism but have really been hurt by racism (laughs) (laughs) 
where it's like, yeah, they got these, they got the head coaching job they really wanted. Oh, it's the Rockets, and now yeah. you're a loser the rest yeah. of your life. And mm-hmm. it's like that's the only job they would hire me instead of Quinn Snyder or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, well, I mean, not um, not unlike Nick Gilbert, JB Bickerstaff works for his dad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, the the Nepos baby they, they run deep in the yeah. organization. <laughs> hey, look, we root for team nepotism, so we know we're yeah, all. Yeah, there's about it. there are uh, so many Lakeums up in that bitch. Yeah, uh, it is um, crazy. There's Kerr's. There's extra Kerr's in. The oh yeah, we have an extra. Now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Nick Kerr's coaching the G League. Yeah, and his now. name is Nick Kerr. Um, that is why Glenn Kuyper had to get fired. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Thanks so much for coming on, Peter. Yeah, they, before we let great, you go, Peter. before oh, yeah. we let you go, are you taking the over or the under on this team? 50 and a half wins. So last year I made a nine team parlay for $15 on over unders. And I hit win? eight out of nine of them. Oh my God. Was the Cavs one the one you lost? <laughs> and I took the Cavs under. <laughs> and I. And it cost me forty five hundred dollars. Oh my god! So I'm taking the over for no other reason than I won't get burned on the under ever. I'm going to take the Cavs over for the rest of. Um, but I do think uh, I'm yeah taking the over. I mean, fuck it. I think the the Sixers are a hot goddamn mess. Ever like the Heat are still fucking the Heat are going to play Kevin Love a fuck ton. Like I yeah. so yeah fuck it. Regular season champs. Let's go. Supporters shield is what we're going for this year. <laughs> I am also taking the over because I think the Pacers, the Cavs, the Bucks, and the Celtics are just going to beat the shit out of the East every single night. Wow, you North are Red. very high on the Pacers. I think the Pacers are really good, actually. Um, they were super fucking annoying to play last yeah. <laughs> year, and Halliburton got hurt, but they were... I don't disagree. Like, I'm probably afraid of i'm probably more afraid of their of them equally as afraid of them as i am the bucks or the celtics yeah i'm just not i'm i gotta see it with the bucks and celtics which i know sounds insane but chris miller has like one knee but i just think in the regular season it doesn't matter for the bucks and the they're just fair yeah like Whereas the Cavs, I'm, I will also be going over. I think this is like a 53, 54 win I think Mobley is going to be like an all-star this year. And also uh, they're, they're like, uh, they're really deep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like things can go wrong and they'll still be pretty good. I'll feel yeah. better if Ricky Rubio comes back midseason, yeah. uh, feeling better. Um, as much as I like nice Ty too. Jerome, uh, it's nice for him to be your third point guard. Yeah. Um, yeah. But... yeah. <laughs> Ricky, yeah. feel better. Um, yeah. yeah, smile more. Yeah, be happy. Don't uh, be Alexei's fed. Can I make um, a crazy? Can I make a crazy prediction? Yeah, please. If if and when he comes back this season, it's gonna be like post uh, post suicide attempt. Richie Tannenbaum, oh. like like short hair. Yeah. Oh yeah. The yeah. Beard's yeah. gonna short, be like. No beard, it's gonna hair, be yeah, like. Yeah. It's gonna yeah. be all business. Yeah. 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 I don't think. I'm not, I don't mean. I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't need to you, you imply know, that. Say suicide attempt about I, a man having mental health issues. Yeah, but yes, I, I do know what you mean. Keep it in. Yeah, Once you yeah. finish the sentence, we're um, gonna, okay. we're gonna put the one eight hundred number in the show notes. Yeah. I can't believe. 
Steve Kerr named his son Nick. That's yeah, crazy. It's, it's a insane. wild. Uh, um, yeah, that's white privilege for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. Uh, thanks a lot, Peter. You listen to Airbuds. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to plug? No, thanks for having me, guys. Have yeah. fun this season. It's always good to um, uh, listen to your show and see your tweets. And uh, yeah. Oh, keep we'll an eye out game. for the okay. keep an eye out for the Airbuds video because we oh, said yeah. something psychotic. Oh yeah, yeah, it was um, really weird. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, one of my favorite things you guys ever did was uh, at that crazy Podstar weekend that was one of the super spreader events in like yeah. February of 2020 <laughs> as the Lopez brothers. So yeah. um, I'm glad we got one in. Well, we'll yeah. uh, we'll check in with Brooke and Robin soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Peter. All right. Thank you, Peter. Listen to Airbuds. Watch that video we made for Airbuds all over their socials. It's very stupid. Uh, Sean, our next team is the Chicago Bulls, which I should mention right off the bat. Uh-huh. Um, after their game tonight, after game one of the season, already held a veterans only team meeting. Amazing. Oh, it's, it's you know, we love team meeting ever. It has to be. The Celtics used to throw so many of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh my God. I'm so happy. I'm uh, so I happy. Mean, There's the, been a players the only Bulls meeting. The used to have them all the time when Boylan was in ta- was uh, around. Yeah, but the, the, we're, did those double as leadership council meetings? <laughs> I don't remember. All right. Anyway, the Chicago Bulls last year went 40 and 42, good for 10th in the East. They beat the Raptors, but lost to the Heat in the play in. Uh, and the MVP was, of course, DeMar DeRozan's daughter. They were 24th in offense and 5th in defense. Uh, They got rid of Patrick Beverly, Javante Green, Karlick Jones, Derek Jones, and Marco Simonovic. Uh, But they're bringing in Javon Carter, Torrey Craig, Onyu Rop B-Tim, Julian He's like a 25-year-old Turkish guy that has a two-way. I don't know what's happening. And Adama Sanogo. Sean, which outstanding comedy series winner are the Bulls? Uh, they're Shit's Creek, Joey. It's a group of guys that used to be on top of the world, all-star games, titles with titles uh, with Jordan, uh, being king at UCLA, uh, winning the Montenegrin League title, uh, making Aaron Garden cry after a dunk contest. Uh, oh, I guess I guess Alex Cruz have won a title with LeBron. Uh, taking a 3-1 lead on the Warriors in the 2016 Western Conference Finals. What could go wrong after that? Uh, that's their coach. Uh, now, they're way down on their luck, facing poverty. Their only salvation being, being that they play in a town that they owned in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, they had to deal with Coach Jim Boylan, who is basically Chris Elliott if he was an NBA coach, and an owner that's so poor he couldn't even afford luxury tax. Uh, they've got to lower their expectations and celebrate accomplishments like reaching the play-in or graduating high school. It also sounds like instead of sending Lonzo Ball to a doctor for humans to help his knee, they chose a hot vet. Great. Um, Sean, very first question for you. Are the Bulls back? Uh, we'll be discussing that on our Patreon-only podcast. The Bulls are back in town, but I kind of think that people will be maybe too depressed to agree to go on it this year. We don't know. We don't know. I haven't, I haven't asked yet. Um, I've just been texting like you. Okay. Mm-hmm. The people. 
Um, the Bulls brought everybody back this summer, Sean. White, Vooch, Desunmu, Donovan. What is the best case scenario here? I think like winning the play-in game instead of losing the play-in game and then losing the subsequent play-in game is uh-huh. my, I think, the best case. I don't know if that would make them ninth officially or not. It's uh, not a good team. Huh? <laughs> Sean, a team centered around uh, Nikola Vucevic, DeMar DeRozan, and uh, I don't know, other people <laughs> um, had a lockdown defense last year. Uh-huh. How? So I was thinking about this, and I think – this is this is maybe Zach Levine, not a great defender, Sean. Typically. I think he I think he kind of can be a good defender, though. I think he actually was last year. He isn't typically. But then um, when he was at the Olympics, he kind of was like a lockdown defender when he wasn't trying to score. Um, Alex Caruso is a really, really good defender. That's and it the answer, me... though, right? Yeah. It's Alex Caruso is just that good. Well, and I'm, it makes me think that Patrick Williams is maybe a really good defender, too, because well, Patrick it Beverly, doesn't make any sense. Also, I mean, I don't know. Javon Carter, also a very good defender. Lonzo, a good defender, but he's rest in peace, Lonzo. So sad. Um, <laughs> it sucks, man. He's I like, love Lonzo. Yeah, me too. Um, I also wonder if maybe Vooch has that like refrigerator defense that yeah. I was talking about with Brooke Lopez. I don't know. Um, it's weird. Um, they kind of. Um, the Sue is get... also an okay defender, right? Like he's pretty good. Think, he's well, you know what? It, what? What it was was they're they're very good at um, forcing turnovers and. Uh, it seems like Billy Donovan's big thing is to just run dudes off the three-point line. Mm-hmm. And I think in the regular season, it might not work as well in the playoffs, but like they just, they sort of have like veteran defensive skills in a way where it's like they run guys off the three-point line, they get mm-hmm. steals and they just like don't really foul. Again. And, and again, regular season, it doesn't really work as well in the playoffs, but like, yeah, I mean, that's good. It's good. They don't do those things, but I don't know if that's all that sustainable either. Like maybe teams are just going to, you know, not turn it over or I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. They're like the perfect matchup to Mori ball basically. Right. Where they're like, Oh, you just want to go to the free throw line and shoot three pointers. We're going to stop you from doing those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how about Sean, that basketball I should analysis? Mention, okay. Uh, yes. I forgot. No fun assistant coaches on the Bulls. Oh. But yeah. You know who? Uh, there's a lot of fun Bucks ones. Hell yeah! Let's Vin go. Baker. Yes. Love Vin Baker. But Vin Baker. You know who else is there? <sighs> Joe Prunty, baby. <sighs> Wait, Prunty's there? Apparently. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Because he's the lead assistant now. It's yeah. He's quick. Terry. That's Spence. right. He's, yeah, back. he's back. He's back. He's, he's one back. step away from being the interim head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. Well, you know, you know what skills Vin Baker's bring. You know what Vin Baker did after his NBA career and going through rehab, right? Uh, I mean, tell the listeners. 
he managed a Starbucks. I mean, yeah. he started just as a barista, but he yeah. uh, with his relationship with Howard Schultz. It, it, his book is really good, actually. It's uh, a very like it is the least self-congratulatory NBA memoir I have ever read. Sean. And actually, like his his description of um I, I thought it was a very interesting um it's it's sad, obviously, but uh his description of like why he thought he played better when he was stoned is really interesting. Uh the Cavs, I should mention, behind JB Bickerstaff have uh Two fun guys and a bummer guy. Are you ready? Okay. Do you want yeah. the good news or the bad news first? The good news first, and then let's get Greg to Buckner, baby. Oh, he's fun. And Sydney Lowe, baby. Sydney Lowe, wow. Yeah. Oh. Um, and the bad news for the Cavs and the Cavs fans is Luke Walton is there. Yeah, that's a real bummer. It really takes that's... the air out of the room, doesn't it? It does. It does. Sean, where's DeMar DeRozan get tra- getting traded to at the deadline? You know, I think I think he's gonna become a Laker. I think he's gonna be on the Miami Heat. Ooh, okay. I mean, they both kind of have like similar, not that good packages, but like perfect for a guy whose contract is expiring. Yeah. You know. All right, over and under thirty-seven and a half on the Bulls, Sean. Uh, I'm going under. I think they. I think they go in the tank. They have the pick this year, so I'm going way under. I think yeah. it's bad. Um, <laughs> I think it's gonna be really rough, uh, and. Luckily, they uh, gave a bunch of guys long-term contracts. So, I mean, what could go wrong? <laughs> um, all right, Sean, the Indiana Pacers, 35 and 47 last year. Good for 11th in the East. They were 26th in defense and 19th in offense. Uh, they said goodbye to Chris Duarte, O'Shea Brissett, George Hill, and James Johnson. But they said hello to Bruce Brown, Obi Toppin, Jarris Walker, Ben Shepard, Isaiah Wong and Oscar Shishibwe. Yeah. Um, which outstanding comedy series Emmy winner are they? Let's go back to uh, references none of our listeners want to understand, Joey. They're all in the mm-hmm. family. Joey, is there a more Archie Bunker coach in the league than Rick Carlisle? Uh, I'm not really sure about Rick's politics, but in terms of like personal and social conservatism and all around crankiness, mm-hmm. I could see Rick in that recliner. You know, he even plays the piano like Archie does. And Rick's wife is, of course, modern basketball itself. Uh, He doesn't love the three pointer. Carlisle's annoyed. He yells at basketball. He takes it for granted. But in the end, Joey, he loves it. Mm -hmm. Now he's going to deal with all these young, smart ass Arizona college boys and that meathead body healed. Why can't Buddy be more like that fine young man, Harrison Bards, Joey? Also, Mm -hmm. I have a little I have a little song for you. Boy, the way Reggie Miller played at the palace, Jermaine was waylaid. I'm not bald. I just got to fade. Those were the days. Mm hmm. That's the theme song from All in the Family, Joey. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to say, Joey, let's just hope this Indiana season does not end the way the final season of Archie Bunker's Place, the sequel to All in the Family, did. Yeah, that's uh, listen to the best show. Uh, it, only, okay. it only aired once. <laughs> um, Sean. Um, do you have a question for me to start out here? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Uh, Joey, 
you're all in on Indiana. Make I'm the case so high on this Pacers the, make, team, dog. Make the case for this Pacers team. I think Tyrese Halliburton is like a legit star player. I think year two of Benedict Matherin, I think he's a real guy. I think Miles Turner is really good. I think Andrew Nemhart is really good. Sean, do you know who the third best three-point shooter like in NBA history is and no one realizes it? Is it Buddy, Buddy Heald. It's Buddy Heald. Yeah, Hield. yeah. Uh, Miles Turner is really good. TJ McConnell, a player I've hated for years, has turned into a fun guy in Indiana. Well, Bruce also, Brown. he doesn't even have to play Yeah, at this point. Bruce like, he's Brown, just there. cool, yeah. fun player. Cool as OB shit. OB Toppin. Knicks fans was good for the Knicks when he played, but Tom Thibodeau hated him for reasons that no one could ever explain to anyone. Jalen mm-hmm. Smith, fun guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Also can shoot, dude. Yeah, uh, like they just have a lot of fun young players and Daniel Tice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, By the way, Joe, oh, go ahead. And Sorry. I think Rick Carlisle who is a grump and kind of an annoying jerk, mm-hmm. but one of the best tankers in the world mm-hmm. as a coach has sort of made people's expectations too low for this Pacers team by losing games on purpose that they definitely yes. could have won. Oh, 100%, um, which he also did with the Dallas Mavericks at an expert level. Yeah, Um and I just think I really think this team is going to be like the surprise fourth seed in the East. Well, Joey, um, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to I'm going to give you a little information about uh, we're we're recording this right after Indiana's first they game. They kicked the shit out of the Wizards tonight. Now, the Wizards are bad, but Indiana <laughs> scored 143 points. That is the most points anyone has scored mm-hmm. in a season opener since 1990. Uh Bruce Brown went six of eight for three. Buddy Heald went four of seven for three. Buddy Heald is coming off the bench and in a contract year. He is going to win six man of the year, Joey. Like everyone on the team had 20 points tonight, basically. Andrew Nemhart had 10 assists in 22 (laughs) minutes. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton had 20 and 11. Like uh, there were nine players in double digits. And I think (laughs) the thing that you might enjoy the most 14 mm-hmm. Indiana Pacers took the took the floor. I love it. Oh, Daniel love Tice it so did much. not. <laughs> Daniel Tice did not. But yeah, I just think I think Benedict Matherin is really good. I think Tyrese Halliburton is really, really good. I and... love both those guys. And I also think that Miles Turner is like one of the most has just been one of the most underrated guys yes. in the league. Where they they've just like they just played him alongside a center and it's like mm-hmm. just like they were making a guy. And again, Sabonis is also good. Don't get me yeah. wrong, but, but just like um, making a guy who is a great shot blocker and a pretty good rebounder, like hang out on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys would be, they would be such a good combo in like 1994, but, uh, you know. But yeah, Sean, who's the worst shooter on this team? It honestly might be TJ McConnell. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm looking at this roster and like people kind of forget that Obi Toppin shoots threes pretty yeah. well. Um, I mean, of like guys who are supposed to shoot threes, I'm not even sure who the worst one is. Me, 
Because like Bruce Brown's really good at that now. And I, I know Bruce Brown got a lot of money this year. Mm-hmm. And it was way more than he'd ever got before. But Bruce Brown can kind of like he's he can play he's any passable, position. He's a passable point guard. <laughs> yeah. And and he's a passable center. He's somehow all of those things. Um, yeah. I'm a, um, I, yeah. I'm going to say, well, yeah, I, I'm I'm into this team too. I might not be. I, you're not as in as I am. I know, but, but I'm, I'm 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 I would still like I want to put like a hundred. I wish I'd put like I don't know whatever spare money I have twelve dollars on the on the over for this team. Spoiler, um, Sean, they went twenty of forty three from three tonight <laughs> against the Wizards. What's funny is that Carlisle was like having them not take that many threes this year is part of their tanking, I think. <laughs> but uh no, this team this team is like sharpshooters now. Yeah, yeah they're them. weirdly athletic. I love them. It's like this is like the kind of team I like to play. This uh, is a fun ass team. Yeah, I was yeah. just gonna say it's like, yeah, it's a um oh, man. Sean Herb Simon's company purchased JC Penny. <laughs> uh, Is that the perfect marriage of NBA team and retail outlet? Uh I'm trying to think if there's a better one. I mean, there's something to be said for like the Oklahoma City Thunder and Hot Topic or um maybe like the Clippers and Pacific Sunwear, but no, I think this is I think this is number yeah, 1. I think it's good. I and I think I think we've asked enough questions about this team already. Yeah. Sean we're both taking the over 38 and a half here, right? I'm ta- I I would take the over if it were like six wins higher. Yeah. Uh, this is uh I think this, this is, is a, this this is I think a they're lock. I, I think they're going to not even I think they're going to even jump the plan. I think yeah, they're top I six. think so too. Like I said, I think they're the fourth seed. That's how little I believe in the East is here. Um <laughs> All right, the Detroit Pistons, Sean. Mm. Last year went 17 and 65. Good for 15th in the East, 28th in offense, 28th in defense. They got rid of Hamadou Diallo, RJ Hampton, Corey Joseph, Rodney Magruder. They should have kept him. Rodney Magruder, <laughs> Eugene Omorui, and Buddy Beheim. I think Buddy Beheim might be back on the team, though, Sean. Oh, he might be. I don't I know. I think he but... is. Hold on. Um, let me make sure. Um, uh, he was waived three days ago. Okay, that's good. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, all right. His name and is Jackson, by the way. Um, <laughs> adult man named Buddy. Come on now. Uh, you can they, only do that if you're a, a booster of the East Dillon Lions. They brought in adults, though, Sean. Yeah, they, they brought did. in Joe Harris. They brought in... Uh, pod favorite monty morris uh-huh. and they brought in pod favorite monty williams you know they need one more monty but like yeah. with an eye yeah. so they can be monty 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 yeah um, or yeah because <laughs> um, they have a monty with an e and a monty with a y um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and they brought in asar thompson um mm-hmm. and marcus sasser um yeah. Sean, which outstanding comedy series Emmy winner are the Pistons? Okay, so I almost wanted to call this one Make Room for Daddy because mm-hmm. uh, Cade Cunningham is daddy and they're going to have to make room for him. I also want to apologize to the outstanding comedy series winners I didn't name 
Uh, I felt like it was too problematic to name anyone Sex in the City, although it would have been the Washington Wizards because of the baddies. Uh, I didn't assign anyone the monkeys. Again, there's uh, it would be the Charlotte Hornets because of drugs. Uh, I didn't assign the Bob Newhart show because it's not the Bob Newhart show you're thinking about. It was one from 1962. Yeah, it was not Newhart. It was, it was the not Newhart. Well, it also wasn't the one where he was a psychiatrist. Yeah. It's a third one. Um, so, uh, and then I also did not assign anyone uh, the Art Carney special starring Art Carney from The Honeymoons or My World or Welcome to It, which was an attempt to turn the stories and cartoons of the New Yorker's James Thurber into a sitcom. So I apologize to all those people. <laughs> that one best comedy? <laughs> what year? Uh, that was in uh, 1970. A little That's too late too for late. something like that to sneak in. Uh, also, uh, I didn't I didn't acknowledge the Dick Van Dyke show. Mm-hmm. I just... I don't know. That one, you mom, you, that one's a, kind of a big that, one. It's hard to it's hard to map onto something mm-hmm. where it's like, no, it's like a show within a show. Um, okay. Um, anyway, the Detroit Pistons are instead the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh. Uh, now Detroit is basically a period piece as a city anyway, and also so is this team having a million centers, particularly one that is known for making his bed. That's very retro, Joey. Mm-hmm. What's happening right now in Detroit is a new generation trying to follow in the footsteps of classic Pistons comedian Blake Griffin, who broke their hearts when he announced he was cheating on them with the Brooklyn Nets and leaving them. Mm-hmm. And like Lenny Bruce and Mitch Maisel, the Pistons fans have used a lot of profanity watching this team. Okay, Sean. My first question. We got to get this out of the way first. <laughs> yeah. James Wiseman, he didn't get a rookie extension. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it convenient that he can already speak Chinese considering where he's headed, buddy? Yup. Um, <laughs> he's getting a musical about him. Um, yeah, a poor guy. I feel bad for him. He seems like a very nice guy. Uh, yeah. It's not his fault. That, Luckily, uh, he's made a lot of money. Well, yeah. that's the good thing. Um, Killian Hayes also didn't get an extension. Uh huh. Do you think Elon Musk would have given him one? One hundred percent, I do. And someone from the Ringer also thinks so. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know who else really liked Killian Hayes? Another guy with right wing leaning tendencies who used to be an NBA nerd. Um, oh, all right. oh well. Uh, oh, you're right. Yes, you, you yes, can, that's right. Yeah. Well, um, you can read more about that on our substance. Yeah. Sean. <laughs> uh is will Joe Harris, Monty Morris, and I'm gonna say Monty Williams make a difference for this young team? I think one hundred percent, yes. I do too. It's like it was like really lacking. And also, if you're getting a veteran like that, like it's nice that it's a veteran who can just dribble the ball and Mm -hmm. make an entry pass and like these kind of underrated things that some of these like burn it down for the draft picks uh organizations do yeah um the other my final question for you yeah not my final question because you have a couple good questions written down here but my final question yeah so we all think victor's gonna win rookie of the year yeah i mean if Pete plays enough yeah go ahead but now that Cade Cunningham is uh, 
healthy. Mm-hmm. Is the hottest NBA awards race Chet Holmgren versus Cade Cunningham in Vampire of the Year? Oh, because they both look like fucking vampires. I gotta say, Cade Cunningham when he came back with that crazy look. I haven't seen him this year yet, though. I don't think. Cade looks like a Blade style vampire, where Chet looks like a Nosferatu style vampire. Yeah, he's like a classic. Um, Cade went for thirty and nine tonight. Yeah, he looked really good. He Uh, does look like a Blade, like Blade's rival, though. He looks like a a daywalker. Yeah, he's like he's like a half human vampire. Yeah, he either way, he looks like the kind of vampire that wears leather uh-huh. where uh, where Chet has more of a kind of vampire like who's a, a related to face. an impaler. Yeah, um, like yeah. hiding his face with a with a, the with cape. a cloak. Yeah, yeah a cape. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, anyway, um, Sean Monty Williams. Yeah. Long-term job security, like yes. so much job security. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that a good idea? Um, you know, I would say for this team, yes. Same. In general, you don't really want your coach on that long a deal, but for here, it's like they've just been floundering for so long, like yeah. really a long time, and you've I, I don't even really think that Dwayne Casey was such a bad hire or anything but just like especially with the kind of weird party boy probably a scumbag owner they have like take the decision out of his hands like keep keep your owner from like doing rails in his hollywood house and firing your coach like just keep his yeah. hands off it, you I, know look- I really like Dwayne Casey, but I do think for a team this one with this many like higher draft picks, you do kind of want someone who's less of a hard ass. The hard ass is the guy who comes in second. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, you yeah. want like a you want like a sweet guy, uh, like a teacher first. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, and and the other thing about Dwayne Casey is that he is pretty old at this point like i just i think it's a little bit tough to just go with like yeah it's 62 year old disciplinary he's 66 now but yeah like and also he didn't get the team he thought he got when he Mm -hmm. took that job so and then finally quite my question sean yeah it's a time to stop pretending that isaiah beef stew stewart is a power forward yeah, and I think like maybe Jalen Duran is, you know, I like uh, I just think like th- there's this idea that he's going to be able to shoot threes, and he kind of isn't gonna. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think I think he's. I'm not saying he's not good. Just um, I just think he's a center. You know, that's not that's no knock on a guy calling him a center. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, but. Uh, <laughs> um... But it's, we're it's gonna weird. Have to, I do think at some point this season, we're going to have to have our friend Tom, not Tom on to talk about the Pistons, because they're a team that kind of gets forgotten, I feel like now. Huh? Yeah. Well, and I, I think that I think that he and Dern are both good, too. But I I mean, maybe, 
we need somebody that knows more about the Pistons, though, because I'm just kind of yeah, going by basketball yeah. reference, kind of. And, uh, you know, I say Stewart also feels like he's been around forever. Uh, a young 22, mm-hmm. Joey. Because people who go to the University of Washington have to get out of there as soon as possible because their team goes like 8 and 20 every year for some reason. <laughs> um, Sean, you know, is he hurt? Hold on. hold on i'm looking uh hold on no i think he just got a dnp james wiseman dnp'd tonight Um, yeah well i mean they have three big men they start two centers and then marvin bagley comes off the bench and joe harris is basically a power forward now too so it's like Mm -hmm. i don't know i mean they also have like the biggest point guard in the world in kate cunningham so Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, maybe Luca's bigger. I don't know, but uh, right. I would I would be very excited if I were the Detroit Pistons this year, though. I think it's, I, I think it's going to be so much better. Looking at my uh, looking at the numbers tonight, I would be a little if I were uh, if I were a Pacers fan. I'm I mean a Pistons fan. I think it would make me a little nuts that Killing Hayes played thirty minutes and Jaden Ivey played seventeen. But that's just me. Um, it's all like, I mean, this is like a. I think the difference is, like, who knows what kind of mistake he made. Like, this is is like Jaden Ivey getting pulled for a turnover for three minutes because it's the first game with a new team. And, you know, this is also, like, I could definitely see them, like, cutting bait on Killian Hayes in a month, too. Yeah. This isn't year four, right? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Over under 27 and a half, Sean. I think Cade's good enough that they're going to be over. It's a pretty low number. I was going to say the same exact thing. I think I think we're going to see a lot of unders in the East, but weirdly, this is an over. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I don't even think they're going to be like particularly good. It's just that you have to be like pretty bad to be just just, just for, um, you know, for 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 comparison. Here are the teams that won less than 27 games last mm-hmm. year the rockets the Pist- spurs mm-hmm. the pistons and then the charlotte hornets won 27 and i just think they're going to be better than like all three of those teams all four of those teams yeah last i year. think you're probably right even though one of those teams is themselves i guess that was a weird <laughs> comparison but <laughs> but, but uh, should be healthy now hopefully yeah i mean there's no the thing the thing is he had um a broken leg yeah and it kind of got misdiagnosed but like you're kind of fine when a bone heals i think god i can't believe they this team has both marvin bagley and james wiseman what a bummer dude um, yeah, all right. man. yeah man um sean that's our episode yeah is there anything you would like to plug um yeah Cobb's comedy club from yeah yeah pretty exciting stuff joey um well i mean i'll be at the washington inn in oakland on october 27th uh but i will be at Cobb's comedy club from november 8th to november 11th on the 8th with shane tong from northern ireland from the 9th with jermaine fowler from best week ever and on the 10th and 11th with ryan hamilton where i will be doing a clean comedy set oh 
you, yeah, you, that's you do right. a good clean set though. I mean, you I don't really curse it, and I barely have to change my act. I, there's definitely yeah. a joke where I say the f word ten million times, and I won't be doing that. Joke. You don't have to tell that one. No. Um, <laughs> all right. As I got for a deep me, bench. <laughs> uh, as for me, you can always follow me on Twitter at Frankie Muniz. Where on twelve eleven fifteen, I tweeted. I always realize I don't have many friends when I need a friend. Possibly the saddest thing that's ever been tweeted. Um, Sean, did you write a song? I don't, but I want you to play a song about a a great former Piston, uh, Davidus Servitus. And uh, the song's called, it's a cake song. Well, it's a cake song and a Gloria Gaynor song called I Will Servitus. Um, Great. Um, Thanks for putting us up with us this week. We'll be back soon trust the process trust the process and shut it down i'm so tired john <laughs> we'll talk about halloween costumes next week the song this the season just started and i'm already it's, so tired it's so weary um don't forget tuesdays and thursdays are the days where the games <laughs> matter for the nba's in-season tournament hi this is john mccray from cake the only thing I love more than a short skirt and a long jacket is the NBA draft. Now put on your bucket hats, pick up that weird vibra-slappy thing, and listen to the tale of a draft pick done wrong. At first I was a Mav, I went 37. I thought that I would play with Luca, and it would be heaven. And I spent so much of draft night just waiting on a new Woj bomb. I don't feel shitty. I'm going to the Motor City. You traded back to save cap space. I came from Lithuania to see that look upon your face. I should have skipped the draft combine. I would have shot outside the key if I'd have known that in three seconds Detroit would be trading for me. So I do. I'm with Saku throughout my Dallas cap. Now Blake Griffin is my dude. Weren't they the ones who wouldn't fire Pants DJ? Did they think I'd grumble? Hell no, I love the USA because I'm Davidus Servitus. Oh, as long as I wear a shooting sleeve, I won't get tendonitis. I've got so much range from three. My contract's partially guaranteed. Davidus Servitus. Davidus Servitus. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was kind of looking forward to Luca throwing those passes when I visited the new arena, the Golden West, to see Slamps and the Lion, best mascot in the NBA, see the cake of the NBA, small forward Harrison Barnes. Oh, he's so sweet. Pretty good, right? You wouldn't pay that much to see him. I get it. We're the band cake. We understand. It took all the strength I had just to bench the bar And now I'm hoping Reggie Jackson lets me park his car And I spent oh so many nights just watching Dirk all by myself He let it fly 
And now I'm paid in pizza pie And you won't see me back up Luke Kennard I don't have the range or the quickness To play shooting guard And so you thought you'd make a trade And make me miss the Luca mania So now I'm taking all my talents To a team in Lithuania So now go You guys are dicks Just trade down now and then get your extra picks weren't you the ones who let them kidnap deandre do you think i like drummond do you think we'll sign rudy gay no i'm davidas Servitus. i ate too much at the draft party and now i've got the itis i'm a total draft and stash i'm Getting Tom Gore's cash. David is Servitus. David is Servitus. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, the trumpet stylings of Kyrie Thomas. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 